Welcome to Talking Heads. There we go. Your once weekly professional live stream for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. I'm going to move my mic. (laughs) Welcome to the show, everybody. So glad you could join us on this Wednesday night. Thursday morning, depending on where you live in the world. If you've never seen the show before, this is our once weekly stream. Usually about 20 or so minutes of beer or alcohol related news. Uh, Moving into about an hour's worth of the latest in tech talk. Finishing up with uh, whatever's left with uh, pop culture, games, entertainment, or whatever interests us. Usually devolving into Star Trek talk, depending on how much beer we had earlier in the show. That's like a 90% chance it's probably going to 90% happen. chance, yeah. Really, it doesn't matter how much beer we've had in the show. We'll start debating Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we do try to keep the show as family-friendly as possible in both language and content, uh, despite the fact that we have alcohol on the show. If you are drinking along with us, whether it's alcoholic or not, please let us know down in the chat, and we will give some early show shout-outs as we go along. Yes. John! <laughs> Welcome to the show, buddy. How's it going? Uh, it's it's been a day, and obviously, it's trying to set up my camera. Um, <laughs> it's still only like ninety five percent working properly. Yeah. Uh, I'm on battery right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say you're looking much much better than weeks past. That's eh, probably because we finally figured out you're throttling me. Right. So, well, uh, well, that and I gave John some new equipment, so there you go. Yeah. 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 That has nothing to do with anything. Little column A, little column B, yeah. you know, just, just what it is. <laughs> anyway, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, this one has been a weird week for me. It has been a long, exhausting week. Um, I've uh weird conversations weird weird happenings professionally personally uh so we had our hottest week of the year so far this last weekend and uh uh wouldn't you just know it the first time we tried to turn on our air conditioning at the new house it died oh my gosh it worked for like two hours on friday and friday was only like you know 78 80 it wasn't wasn't all that bad but uh but all of a sudden it, it was like 89 and then 88 like on saturday and sunday and yeah. uh and it was just insanely insanely uh hot and uh yeah it was uh we found out that our air conditioning didn't work in the worst way possible by it getting to 84 degrees inside my my brand new house <laughs> uh so i was rather irritated by that um but uh anyway uh thank you all so much for joining us uh anyway uh donation 300 uh 300 in nt what is that NT. There we go. Uh, let's right, go to NT. It's converting me from US dollars. Oh, Ty- Taiwanese dollars. There we go. 300 Taiwanese dollars. Thank you so much. Thanks. I uh, can't drink at work right now, but here's some money for your Bud Light lemon. Uh, that must be for John. No, 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 no. That's for you. That <laughs> must for be you. for John. That's for you. <laughs> hey, if I, if I have fans all the way over there, then great. Yeah. You, you got some Taiwanese fans with total right. taste. How about that? What up? <laughs> hey, I I got some Asian beers. <laughs> uh, let's see. Civil Civil is drinking a Rogue uh, Rogue Basquatch. Excellent. Nice. That's a that's a solid choice. Uh, uh, Vest Lettern Twelve uh, from uh, from Alice Osako. 
Very nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, Victory Golden Monkey for me. Uh, that is uh, also Alice. I don't know if she's uh, she's drinking twice or uh, just one in each hand. One in each hand. <laughs> I like your style. Uh, let's see. Ben is drinking an Old Bust Head uh, Caramel Macchiato Stout, five point seven percent. That actually sounds really good. Oh, I've nice. not had had that one before. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, John's drinking some Jameson. Uh, nice. And yeah, uh, John, what are you drinking over in your neck of the woods tonight? Oh God, I forgot to grab something. Uh, I, I've already got my beer prepared, believe okay. it or not. All right. So should I go first? You go first. I'm going to go grab All right. mine. All right. I'll go first. Um, so, uh, I've got a, a couple, a couple here. Um, and, uh, they're both local. They're both, uh, Portland, Oregon beers. Um, I think I'm going to start with this one. Uh, so this is the uh, Ex Novo Dynamic Duo Imperial IPA. Um, Ex Novo is a very, very solid local brewery up here in Portland. It's a 7.6% Imperial. Um, so I, I just freaking love the can art on this one. It's kind of a, a kick-ass meets uh, whatever, <laughs> but uh, uh, kind of like a kick-ass meets uh, Black Dynamite kind of feel to it. But I, I, like, I like the can art on this one. Well, it's like Phantom uh, meets like seventies detective chick. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I said uh, kick ass meets uh, black dynamite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, dynamic duo ex novo. I've had that one. It's good. Yeah. Uh, what's your first up? All right, I have uh, another kind of local favorite of ours, Level Brewing. <laughs> I was gonna laugh so hard. If you picked my second beer. <laughs> oh, no. So five, yeah, five-pound hammer. Five-pound hammer. Nice. So nice hazy IPA, 7%. Um, yeah, this was just a kind of one of those, hey, I saw it. I'm going to buy it, grab it, drinkable. Yep. Yeah, uh, that's too funny because my second beer is also a level. It's uh, the level Fireflower. It's their okay. Northwest Red. Oh, nice. Yeah. This one's really solid. I've been really digging this one lately. But uh, starting with the Ex Novo. John, we can't see your pour. You're terrible. Yes, because I'm purposely hiding it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's for John, effect, John. I will note, even with me laughing at you. It's for effect. John, I was laughing at I, you and not even looking at my pour. I don't blame the pour. I blame the beer. <laughs> it was probably that's, overcarbonated. That is hilarious. Uh, Kick-Ass Meets Speed Racer. I think that might be a little bit better uh, uh, description. Uh, I don't drink, but I'm having some apple juice right now. Hey, I like apple juice. I love a good apple juice. I love a good apple cider. Um, oh, yeah. That's one thing we, we have around us is a lot of different cideries, uh, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. Yeah. Um, in fact, I used to live literally a mile from one, and, and they are absolutely fantastic. Oh, yeah. Probably, probably some of the best cider. Yeah, just right. straight up like straight pressed up. apple cider. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dur during the fall season, my wife's like, "Oh no, we got to go buy a gallon of it." And it ends up, you know, going like once a week. We need a gallon. And you have an orchard, and you and still I, go I, there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, it's good stuff. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's one of my favorite places to go. It's one of my wife's favorite places to go uh, to get cider. But uh, 
uh, Bauman Cider, if uh, if you're local. Yeah. Um, I used to live literally around the corner from them. Yeah. And uh, they are fantastic. Great family. Great great place to go visit, uh, especially during the fall, during uh, during all their harvest stuff. Yeah, I think they uh, don't they do the the largest harvest festival in the Northwest. One they, of the, if not the largest, I yeah. know they're up there. I, I know they're up there. I know they're up there. I know, up the there. I know last year they got an award for being like so big. Yeah, uh, they've also started to do uh, local um, uh, cider fests yeah. uh, throughout the year. Now, obviously, they're not doing anything this year because of the whole meh going on. But uh, but last year I went and they had uh, something like thirty two cideries out there or something like that. Like it was an absolutely insane number for the size of this place. Um, and everyone brought like two barrels and uh, and they just went to town with it and it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and they they also do their own hard cider too, which is really yes, good. yeah. Uh, their Marionberry is off the chart. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, let's get into it tonight. Uh, we got uh, 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 another donation. Uh, $1.45 of BAM, whatever that is. A purple mustache. $1.45 and BAM! Yeah, he sent, yeah, sent me a purple mustache. Uh, is, it so, like, is it like BAM the right back at you. Like the tokens you get or like at an arcade or something? Like BAM! Purple bam. mustache. Like those purple yeah. mustaches you get. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and uh, get into the news. All right. Uh, so, yeah, Jeff, you and I, we, bo- we both have kids, right? Yes. We are not strangers to the McDonald's trips, possibly some Happy Meals. Uh, yep. And if, if you, I'm sure someone around this channel knows someone that's heard of that. The Chicky Nugget ma- memes for uh, <laughs> uh, Baby Yoda, stuff like yep. that. Uh, well, and... Heck, even memories of being a kid and being going to McDonald's and getting toys and cool things. Half being kicked out of the being kicked out of the McDonald's play place because I was six foot one at age twelve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's always like true oh. story, by the way. <laughs> true story, and I'm still ticked about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as adults, we don't really get to have that sensation of having that happy meal. Uh, right. You know, the meal, the prize, the treat. All in this nifty box. Well, there actually is a company now, a restaurant and slash brewery or bar, I believe, uh, that is doing adult Happy Meals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they have a wide variety that you can choose from. And it comes in a nice nifty box called right. Adult Meal with the yeah, Happy it- Scratch Out. Yeah, it's the adult Happy Meal. Now, I'm waiting for the C&D to come out from McDonald's saying you can't even say Happy Meal even if it's tongue-in-cheek and crossed out. I bet, but, yeah. But I bet the adult meal sticks. And what this is is this. is uh, Over the Rhine's Dunlap Cafe now offering literally to-go boxes for starting at $6 for an adult-sized Happy Meal that yep. comes with a 12-ounce beer. And a prize. And a prize, right? Yeah. You you do you get a beer koozie. So they have a they have a wide variety. Yeah, it starts off at six bucks, and that is the they call it the classic box. That's the non-alcoholic one. Yeah. But for, for a dollar more, so for seven dollars, that's when you start getting into uh, um, the alcohol. Now it's not the greatest alcohol at that price. You're looking at hams, PBR, uh, Miller High Life. Nothing nothing special. But yeah. with every increase, hey, it's it, got Natter Day in there too. It, it's got Natter Day. Uh, 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 John sold. John sold. I, I already got one. Uh, for eight dollars, you get Bud Light, Budweiser Coors. Uh, for nine dollars, you get what? you get the craft box. And here's you, where I'm on board. Yeah, you get the, which they all look local too. So it's not right. like it's 
oh, Deschutes, you know, or, right. or Goose Island. Again, so good stuff, but it's like they're still trying to do some local local people and help out local communities yep. and businesses. I- I, I will say the $10 box has me intrigued. The extra the crafty box, your choice of Kentucky bourbon barrel, founder's breakfast stout, <laughs> 50 West punch or IPA or Krombacher Pilsner. Oh yeah. Like, holy crap. That's a selection. That's a, that's a good. So, so 10 bucks, you get a beer, a good beer, a good beer, a good beer. <laughs> not just a beer. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll pay $7 for a pour of that somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Easily, okay. easily. You're getting a burger, you're getting fries, you're getting a beer koozie, and you're getting a Twizzler. Mm-hmm. You got to throw that Twizzler in. They even supply you a dessert. And That's then, right. And then for $12, they'll make you a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> but 10 bucks said that $10 for that meal, that's pretty good. I mean, McDonald's for an adult meal is, you know, even at the low end prices, like $7, $8. Mm-hmm. And then if you supersized it, you know... I would rather take a beer, a good beer like they're providing right. for the exact same price as a medium size, you know, number five. Uh, and, and I'd probably be extremely happy. <laughs> you know, you know what I used to do when I was working uh, more swing shifts uh, in, in my job? Because I, I used to do uh, like night maintenance for servers and, and networking and stuff like that. And so I'd work a lot of, of evening towards nighttime shifts. Uh, not really true swing, but still getting home at like nine or 10 o'clock. Yeah. Um, well after my wife had gone to bed and, and everything else. And, uh, and I didn't really eat dinner on time at the time. I just get something on my way home. One of my favorite things to do was to swing into the Burger King on my way home and grab a couple of their, their $1, you know, value, value meal yeah. burgers. Not, not like the Whopper Jr., but like the rodeo burgers yep. or like the, the crispy chicken juniors or something like that. Hashtag not sponsored. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and I'd take those home and then I'd crack open like a Goose Island or, or something like that. And that would be my adult Happy Meal that cost me like four or five bucks. Oh, yeah. A couple of dollar burgers and then a nice, good, crispy beer. beer. Yeah. Oh, right. you'd be so surprised how a good beer makes a crappy burger like so much better. Totally. Yeah, totally. I, I don't know. It, it's just like it, you kind of almost need like junk food and it's like the worst of the junk food. And you got this beer. It's like, wow, this beer tastes so good now. I mean, it's so much better. <laughs> Right. <laughs> even not even a good beer like just a, you know like a wood beer half not saying you know or decent beer right. it elevates that beer even higher totally and and that was one of my go-tos because you can get a 12 pack for like eight or nine bucks sometimes if you if you get them on sale and so yeah. I'd, I'd get some really cheap like dirt greasy burgers and then i'd go home and i'd crack a Woodmer half and it's like oh i'm in heaven right now you know especially after like a nine or ten or twelve hour day of you know slaving away on a switch upgrade or something so Nothing better than that. There we go. That's camera, a little better. Camera little better. and screen are like, so yeah. now, now I'm not doing this the whole time. <laughs> uh, it's never bothered me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I have three screens. I have one screen here, and my eyes are kind of like looking at you guys. I have another screen here, and that's John's biggest screen. And so if, I'm star- if I want to stare at John, I have to literally stare like bottom right. And then my uh, uh, my desktop sharing is actually up here right now. And so if I'm doing this, I'm reading the article along with you. <laughs> just so everyone knows. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just uh, have a terrible setup. This is supposed to be an in-show person, dang it. Or in, in, in-person show. Why did I switch those? 
All right. All right. What's uh, next? Next one. We actually have something a little bit local and tech at the same time. Great notion. Great notion. Uh, a very popular brewery. Uh, I Oh, I have to. Apparently, Forbes. I hope you have ad blocker turned on. Um, I do. Okay. Because I was tired of all the articles you kept sending me. Hey, you know you're the hard, worst offender by far. I understand. By that, but far, do, do you know how hard it is to find beer news? Beer news, right? That's yeah, I mean, that's not just. I mean, because I mean, there's yeah. usually only one per one place you can find it online, and that's only posted once. Tech news is like, oh, here's twelve different versions of the exact same article. Yeah, if Verge purchased <laughs> something, I can find that same article somewhere else. But, yeah. But uh, yeah, for for beer news, it's like, well, I guess I'm driving through this click farm. Yeah, and it's just it sucks. All right, there we go. I got it. I had to sign into Google. Anyway, so great. <laughs> Alice says happy ending meals. I think that's a way better name. <laughs> <laughs> what is what does the fifteen dollar one get you? <laughs> I think family friendly show. To... Family friendly show. <laughs> Do we have time to go to Starbucks? <laughs> Mm. Anyway, so great notion. Great notion. Going back to idiocracy here. <laughs> great notion. Great is, notion. Great is, notion. Is known for their innovating beers. They're just off the wall cup, uh, big, bold, hazy beers, dessert beers. They're known for doing these big sour beers, and they do really weird flavors. They do like uh, uh, breakfast and pancakes, and it tastes like, and they actually put pancake batter into it. Yeah. Uh, they do blueberry muffin and they actually go to Costco and take the blueberry muffins and put it in their beer. And it tastes like Costco blueberry muffins. Right. At, at one point, Great Notion had two of the nation's top 10 rated beers. Yeah. And they're in our backyard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, they skyrocketed within the past four years from a little hole in the wall garage to four brewery locations already. Right. Um, and apparently they will be debuting their first and apparently it is the world's first i don't know about that one but first what they're claiming that's that's what they're claiming first beer industry augmented reality app okay yeah uh so basically they're going to integrate uh 3d and augmented reality uh images over the top of their beer cans use their beer cans essentially as the codes and so a lot of times augmented reality uses certain markers that you that you point things at. Yeah. Um, and it could be like a sign at the zoo, you know, so you can get more information on the animal you're looking at. It could be, you know, tokens that are placed throughout the world. Um, or you can use physical objects like the front of a can. And, yeah. uh, and that's exactly what they're doing here. Um, basically displaying either 3D imagery or more uh, augmented imagery of the beer cans or giving you information about the beer as you're drinking them through augmented reality. Yeah, so they they did an interview with uh, one of the owners. It's it's actually three friends. And one of the owners, he said that they were already in the process of developing an app. And this is actually just one of the features. So the big thing is the app itself. The app itself is actually going to allow people to uh, one, you know, get uh, updates on, hey, this beer is being released right now because right now they're doing the whole Instagram thing. Just, hey, pay attention to our Instagram story. Now they're going to be download our app. This will tell you where and when beers are getting released. Two, it's going to be, uh, you're going to actually be able to buy their beer off the app and they'll yeah. be able to ship it to you or deliver it to you. Right now that's only delivery. And so for here in Oregon, if this app gets released soon, heck, you can order uh, some great Notion beer and they'll come deliver it to you. Right. Which is which is great because 
a lot of their locations are they're in our backyard, but I don't really like driving out there. They're backyard ish where yeah, they're yeah. close enough. I can make a trip to them and it doesn't feel like a day Yeah, um, that they are in the northern part of Portland. And it, it is a bit of a trek, especially during certain parts of the day. They're, yeah. they're not the easiest place to get to. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah. they're worth a trip. And if you they, live oh, in the Portland area or if you're coming through uh, Oregon, they're one of like four breweries, I would say, stop at that brewery. Oh, oh yeah, 100% for sure. And yeah. honestly, if even if you're even just thinking about getting into like beer trade here in yeah. Oregon, pick up anything Great Notion and you can trade for anything in the nation. Literally, yeah, literally, if you get a four pack of Great Notion, you can trade it for any beer you want nationwide. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, everyone on the beer trade. And we're not exaggerating that. You're not. <laughs> It's it's that's the best part. I, I have spent twelve bucks on Great Notion and gotten forty bucks back in beer. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it's, I'll go on beer trading forums and they're like, "Hey, where are you from?" I'm poor. Can you give me Great Notion? I was like, mm -hmm. "Yeah, okay." You know, um, blueberry pancakes, IPA. What do you want? Yeah, that's that's basically <laughs> what it is. So, but they're, so they're going to be doing kind of a untapped type community too, where you earn badges. And uh, the other cool thing, too, is uh, you can get points for this augmented reality by checking them in. Apparently, they did the the they were doing like the blueberry muffin and the bear will come out and tell you a story about the beer. So there may be some animation or it is just text, you know, and he just pops out. Uh, but the points that you can gather by clicking on these augmented reality will get you exclusive things of first pick when you're ordering or we'll tell you in advance this beer is going to be here like three four hours in advance right so that you, we're canning this now you can yeah and, and so they'll announce it to you like 24 hours in ahead uh, versus everyone else they do announce the day of so it's it's kind of a interesting thing if the app's free i will probably for sure get it um uh, if it's like a 9.99 app um i don't know maybe you know we'll see uh, someone says we should trade some great notion from some uh, Sam Adams utopias. But Ben's, Ben said, what, even that $300 beer that comes out once a year? I'm like, oh, utopias. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's not unheard of. Uh, it, it could be done, probably. Maybe it, not. It maybe. probably could be done for the right combination of Great Notion yeah, beers. Because because Great Notion has they had their very first bourbon barrel aged beer released. That was a one, a true one year age, and they right. did this in this commemorative box with two of them and a special glass, and those were going for like five six hundred dollars cash online. Yeah. It, to buy it was only a hundred bucks. But yeah. they were going like five, six hundred dollars on all the beer trading apps. So yeah, if you got something like that, no problem. Yeah, Correct. I mean, Utopia is three hundred dollars, so you're spending a hundred dollars to get three hundred. Easy. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably possible if you have that collection. That collection. Now, now, if I have just Great Notion standard IPA, I can trade it for most beers under about thirty bucks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm, I'm not even kidding. If I have a four pack of IPA, which I can get for twelve bucks. If I drive to Great Notion, I can trade that for $30 of any kind of beer. Yeah. And if I get some of their blueberry stuff or if I get one of their, uh, their what do they have there? The short stack pancake. The short stack pancake. Yeah, I was thinking the maple pancake stout. Yeah, um, yeah that is, uh, that, that's like gold. That's like 70, yeah. 80 bucks worth of beer. Yeah, no. For yeah. what costs us 15, 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I got you a, a, like a short stack or a couple of them. Yeah, I, I got a short stack. What's funny is you gave me them and then someone wanted to trade you for those and so you had to buy them back from me. Yes, yes, that's what, that's, <laughs> see? 
<laughs> so those blueberry pancake ones I gave you, I need those back. I'm like, it's going to cost you. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know what they're worth on the open market, John. <laughs> I remember that. It's like, oh, I swear, I'll, I'll get you back, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was funny. Uh, all right, we got one more. One more. One more. And one this more. this one was funny. This I, was, I really appreciate this. This one. was was just pure funny. Uh, it's not really super news, but with, with the whole issue going on around everywhere, you know, fresh salad bars and, and delis have to change up the way they are. And unfortunately, here in Oregon, we can't get liquor at grocery stores. Right. But a lot of yeah, places, we're, we're all we're all state run liquor stores. Yeah. So, but like some place like say St. Louis, you can get liquor store at your local grocery store. Well, what this particular local grocery store decided to do was, hey, let's, we can't do a salad bar. We're going to do a liquor bar. A beer bar. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's uh, half of it is beer cans and the other half is mini liquor bottles. You can just go there and pick out your mini liquor bottles. And there's even a 99 cent section. So it's the same thing you know, those little shots or the what you get in an airplane or you yeah. see at the back of a liquor store, you know, those really tiny ones. You know, that's how it is in Oregon here. But basically you can get a shot for a dollar and just yep. fill up your, your basket with all these little tiny shots. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. I'd, yep. I, I want that to be in every grocery store. <laughs> Seriously, I, I wouldn't mind picking up a couple ounces of liquor at, at the grocery store, even if it was a couple of bucks, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously I, I have quite the collection behind me, um, but, uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes they sell the little dollar bottles with some, uh, some more rare stuff in them. I've seen, um, I mean, not rare, but sometimes you just want a couple There's... ounces of Glenlivet 12 and it's like, I'd rather pay five bucks than have a full bottle at 45. Exactly. You know? Yeah. You and, know. and so, so stuff like that, I don't mind paying, you know, $5 for just a couple ounces of it because I, I don't need the whole bottle. Yeah. And at the same time too, uh, those type of things are like, look, I want to try making this one cocktail. Oh, right. uh, look, you know, that that's only two dollars for I need two. I don't of need a fifth of Midori. Yeah, exactly. You know, or Campari or, you um, know, you, let's go down the weird, obscure list of liqueurs out there yeah. that I can possibly fathom into some drinks, drinks that I want to try. And and if I were to fully hit out my bar with like all of the weird liquors I'd need and, and weird spirits and liqueurs and things like that. We're literally talking like three hundred dollars because yeah. a bottle of Midori is like forty bucks still. It, it's not, <laughs> it's not something you buy on a whim. Yeah. So, love how Hops Cam is now better. Than, oh, okay. Uh, big Big Spoon. Yeah, Big Big Spoon says uh, I love how Hops Cam is now better than a potato, and uh, they're loving your backlit like Fabio. <laughs> is that before or after the bird? <laughs> I need a fan. Utah is pretty strict out here. Utah is pretty much the strictest in the nation. Um yeah. screw Utah. No. Uh Yeah. No, I, I uh, hate my, my brother every time I go to LA or California, he'll talk about, "Yo, yeah, I just go down to the local grocery store." I'm like, "Screw you, man." Yeah. You know, or yeah. especially Costco. Costco is like, "I hate you." I hate you. Now, I, mean, I will Costco. say I I do drive to Vancouver to go to Costco occasionally. Yeah, they, um, and well, I've driven and I've driven to California to go to Last Chance Liquor on 101. Yeah, like it's yeah. Oh yeah, no. They'll, they'll That's a drive do, I've done multiple times. Well, they'll let you do uh, online orders. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and, uh Steve's Steve's neighbor, 
they have family that live like a couple miles from there. And so yeah. they go visit like twice to three times a year. And she'll be like, oh yeah, yeah we're taking the SUV, put it in your yep. order. We'll stop in and we'll pick it up and bring it back for you. There've been yep. plenty of times where we've come back with like, oh, we got boxes of liquor, hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I think I talked about this once before, but uh, the first time I ever went to that liquor store. So the, so there's one on I-5 and there's one on Highway 101. And yeah. it's the literally the last quarter mile before you cross the border from California into Oregon, there's a liquor store. Yeah. And the one on 101 is called Last Chance Liquor. And uh, uh, the first time I ever went there, we were driving through as me and my wife. We were on a road trip with my, at the time, two-year-old daughter. And we were just like driving up the, the 101 coastline, just cruising, you know, a couple hours a day and then stay wherever the, the day takes us that night. Uh, so a lot of fun. But at the time we were crossing that liquor store, it was not the time to stop. It, yeah. it was everyone's tired. It's like, I don't want to stop here. It's like, I have to check it out. I at least have to see. And uh, so my wife stayed in the car with, with the kid and I went inside and I'm like, oh, there's a couple good prices in here. So I picked up a bottle and and so I'm walking around, you know, I've got my, my one bottle and then I'm like, Oh, that's a good price that's too. Good and I grabbed that. And so I'm walking around like this and I've got like a couple of handles in my hands. Yeah. And, uh, and this really nice, nice, uh, uh, young lady approaches me and she goes, uh, I can hold those at the register for you. And she takes them out of my hands and walks. Away. And I went, now I have two, have two free hands. hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she knew exactly what she was doing and, uh, she did it quite well. Yeah. And uh, I think I left out of there spending about $225. And you probably got way more. And I probably got $400 worth of Oregon. Liquor. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. No, I, I went to. Yeah, it was handles for less than I buy fifths here. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, I know. I went, I remember going down to LA one time and I was visiting my brother. I think he just moved down there and I took two and I, I had to fly back. Uh -huh. And I took two, I took two extra suitcases. And I filled those things up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think I, it only cost me like 30 bucks for a baggage check-in. So I was like, ah, this yep. plus 30 bucks? Easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, That's what, I, one less bottle? Yeah, I, I know. And, and then for me, I think that liquor lasted me like a year and a half because I'm not that, I'm not like, oh, this was just a deal. I have to buy it. Uh, but I'm not a big, I wasn't a big cocktail drinker at the time, but I was like, I cannot pass this up. Right. It was, it was, I think it was like two fifths of like the Grey Goose. And then it was uh, a fifth of Jameson. And ba basically it was just everything. I got two handles of like almost everything they had there in, at Costco. <laughs> and yeah. it was just like, oh, this is just, I think it's yeah. like 15 bucks for a Heaven. handle. Yeah, I'm yeah. in heaven. I know. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I think I actually even had to go and buy t-shirts to go stuff in between each bottle. Yeah, I've I've had to buy uh, miscellaneous shirts and an extra duffel bag before. Yeah. No. <laughs> yep. Anyway, that's all we got in it for uh for beer and alcohol news tonight. Yep. That's um fun. yeah. So uh so John, how how you liking your beer? Uh, I know we've had these before, but yeah. uh, actually, uh, this is new. I haven't had this one. You haven't had five pound hammer before. I have not had five pound hammer. Have you? It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. I'm I'm uh, yeah. enjoying it. It's fruity. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's levels version of a hazy. Yeah. No, it's very good. Um, not not uh, acid burny. Uh, sweet. Um, I'm getting a little bit of like odiness. It's all around nice. So. 
it doesn't taste like seven percent. It's more like a five and a half, six percent beer. Yeah. So it's it's really a super super solid beer. Um, I think I only paid uh, three something for this. So packed on. <laughs> I like that. They yeah, it, it was about three fifty or four. Yeah. Uh, uh, each for a four pack when I got it. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it's extremely reasonable priced uh, yeah. beer for the the value and taste you're getting is way worth it. So, yeah. and I, I just love level beers too, especially because they got. Like they do all the cool, uh, oh, all the retro can art. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, and, and I love the, the actual gauge of like how hot, yeah, how multi, uh, how exactly. It, it is a really good intro for like, I don't know what I'm shopping for. I don't know what the flavor profile is, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there, it's a really good, like, I like a real, like multi, like red beer and like, yeah. Oh look, I should get one of these, you know? Yeah. I, so, I, I really appreciate when breweries try to do it and make it very easy Right. to understand because there are some that do it but then they just do it in the words and it's like ah i have to read through this i do like that the, quick the malt forward taste of this brown sugar inspired blah, 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 blah. it's like yeah. exactly what it is yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so uh, my, my camera's looking good <laughs> it's looking good it is looking good um uh someone asked me earlier what this chair is this is uh the gamdius achilles um, I don't remember which specific model it is, but uh, this chair has been absolutely amazing. I've been rocking this thing for about two years now. They did send it over for my review, but I have two of them here in my office. We've used and abused them uh, yeah. on, on the live show. They've been sitting at both of my desks for well over two years now. Um, and I liked it so much, I actually bought myself one for my desk at work. And this is one of the only chairs that I've ever been able to sit in for like nine hours and then keep on going. Um, yeah, it's I'm comfortable not... and it's reasonable. It's about 350 bucks. Didn't you it, do a review on them? I did do a review on it. And I said, uh, you know, it, it is a taller chair than most people are used to. Like I'm six foot four and, uh, and I use this chair almost on its lowest setting. Yeah. Like there's it at its high setting. Okay. Uh, my knees are above the top of my desk right now. <laughs> Not even kidding. So it, it is a tall man's chair, but uh, it is insanely comfortable. Yeah, it, um, it's a nice, comfortable chair. It's got really good lumbar support. Uh, yeah. It, it goes, that, that I really love the fact it's very well balanced because you can lean almost all the way back. Yeah. And, I've slept in this chair before. Yeah. Overnight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and not sponsored. They didn't they didn't give me a penny. They just sent the chairs over and, and were kind enough to to set me up with two of them so I could use them on my show. Um, but uh, no, I seriously love these chairs. So uh, if I remember, I will put an Amazon affiliate link down for these in the video description because they're wonderful. Yeah. Um, but I just saw that come through a couple minutes ago and got reminded of it. Anyway, uh, let's move into some tech news. And there's a little bit of tech news this week. Uh, more out of uh, the NVIDIA camp. An AMD camp. Uh, and uh, uh, man, things are starting to heat up in both sides as yep. uh, we get into some possible hardware launch seasons here. Uh, so uh, the funny one was uh, NVIDIA announced that they're going to be doing their uh, their GTC keynote, which was, which was originally scheduled for uh, essentially Gamescom over in Germany. Um, they're doing their GTC keynote uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow morning. Um, and it is heavily rumored that this is going to be the introduction of Ampere, uh, GPU cores, whether or not that's the professional line. So we're going to talk quadros and, uh, and, and Tesla's and things like that, 
or if we'll potentially get a sneak peek at some possible RTX 3000 based cards. Um, it's been a little bit unclear what exactly we're going to get. Um, did we get the, oh, we didn't get the baking video in this, in this link. Dang it. No, 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 there wasn't that. That was interesting. But so NVIDIA funny. posted on Twitter, what's Jensen been doing in the kitchen? And, and he's sitting there and he's like putting on some baking gloves and what, or some oven mitts and whatnot. And then he goes over to the stove and he opens it and he goes, hot, 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 hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, my acting is a hundred times better than his was in that video. He, he Jensen as hot, hot, hot. <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's very hot. Yeah. And uh, and 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 whatnot. He couldn't even lift it at first. It was like, <laughs> uh, so it was kind of a comical, but not for the reasons it should have been. Um, but comical Twitter post. Uh, and he takes off this massive PCB, you know, setup, uh, which supposedly has a whole bunch of Ampere cores on it, uh, in preparation for the GTC talk that is happening tomorrow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested, make sure. So what is that? It is 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Yes, yeah, 6 a.m. tomorrow. So, you know, eight hours from now. Yeah. Ten hours from now. So you hear it first from us. We're the ones Nine hours from now. We, we announce, we we are the second announcers via the, other than them and Twitter. We're number two. Yeah. Not that we are two, number two. Yeah. What, we're number, never mind. Right. Um, I have the Gamdius Achilles P1, um, and it is still available, just not necessarily in white. Um, oh, it is available in white. Uh, the only difference between mine and some of the models that are available now is some of the other ones have some quilting that's on the back, some kind of a quilted pattern, whereas mine's just a flat leather pattern. But... Uh, there is one left on Amazon right this second. So if anyone wants it, I'm going to post that in the description or in the chat right now. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other chairs that are in that same line in different colors. So if you're interested in those, uh, check them out. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I have the M1. I have the M1 is the exact model. But the only difference in them is actually the cut of the fabric. The, the chair itself is identical. So it just shows you how good they are because they're selling out. Right. Well, kind of. <laughs> they, they have a thousand different color combinations. And yes, there's RGB on it. And the RGB is terrible because it's this crap that's on the back that you can't see and it's too dim. That was really the only bad thing that I could yeah, say I was about say, these I'm cars. pretty sure that was the one thing you said that was stupid about it. Someone hey. said, uh, yeah, probably too, people, uh, too many people working from home. And actually, that's, that's not untrue. A lot of people right now are trying to buy more expensive chairs and webcams. Those are oh. the two things that are selling out of. Yeah. Um, but I'll say for this one, as gamery as this chair looks, uh, it is not a gamery seat. Uh, it is very much a professional, like it's, it's sturdy, it's solid, um, it's adjustable, it's ergonomic, uh, and it does quite, quite well. Uh, like I said, I, I sit in this chair for over eight hours a day. No problems at all. All right. Um, but yeah, uh, so there's not a lot known about, uh, what, what the announcement tomorrow is going to be other than Ampere will probably be on the menu. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, <laughs> but, uh, there's some people hoping that we'll get, like I said, some RTX 3000 based cores and some early, like, Leaks are saying, like, they're 40% faster than the generation before. Yeah, and the RTX 2000 series were 200% faster at ray tracing than the 10 series. 
That's how numbers work. And that's how they use numbers to fool you. Uh, every time Apple comes out with a new processor for the iPad, it's twice as fast as the previous version in some weird metric that they decided it was twice as fast in. Oh yeah, because they had they built a test to make it twice as fast. Like let's ramp right. up this thing. Oh yeah, see, obviously this new one that's right. even higher resolution or higher taxing on the processor. If, if you tell me the new version of Ampere GPUs are twice as efficient and twice as fast in OpenGL encoding, you have my attention. <laughs> if you say they're twice as fast in a specific task that you literally made pre or made uh, uh, purpose-built hardware integrated into the chip to be better at that the previous generation chip didn't have, and that's the case with ray tracing. RTX has both tensor cores for artificial intelligence and RTX cores for uh, uh, rasterized ray tracing. Uh, and it's only estimated ray tracing. It's not true ray tracing. Um, but uh, but yeah, of course they're going to be faster than the previous gen chips that didn't have ray tracing cores <laughs> and tensor cores. Like that's that's basic math. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's te let's test the two of them against ray tracing. Oh yeah, this one failed. This one did it fifty percent better. Right. <laughs> Who knew this motorcycle is three times better than a car at being a motorcycle? <laughs> yeah. You have a bike. We have a motorcycle. This is better. Right. right. <laughs> and, and that's literally what they're saying when they make that argument. Uh, with a lot of these things, uh, yeah. Sony does it. Microsoft does it. Everyone, Apple does. It. And, Apple's notorious for doing that. But uh, but especially Nvidia, Intel, AMD, they all make these claims that we're twice as fast as this. When AMD came out and said the new Ryzen 2 CPUs have a 15% IPC improvement. That is a marked improvement in one specific area that is not like specific hardware. That is literally, we're 15% faster at calculating instruction sets. And so that was a marked improvement. That is why Zen 2 was so much better than Zen Plus. Not that Zen Plus was a bad architecture, but Zen 2 dominates the industry and continues to dominate the industry and is scalable. Um, I mean, it is insane the performance you get out of even like the new Ryzen 3100 and 3300X. Like those are insanely fast chips that are that are outdoing like 7700Ks. Yeah. And remember that was only two years ago, two and a half years ago, the 7700K was the best gaming chip you could buy because that's all Intel had in their pocket. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, take the numbers with a grain of salt, but... For one, I'm really curious to see what Ampere has because, John, I'm sure you remember about a year ago, we were talking uh, the introduction of like, is it going to be 1100 series chips? Is it going to be 1600 series chips? Is it going to be 2000 series chips? Like the naming scheme was kind of up in the air and it was Ampere all the way. Until all of a sudden it was Turing like the week before the the RTX series. Oh, came yeah, out. I remember Turing, yeah. Right. But but when we were talking like March and April 28 or 2019, 2019. it was Ampere. Yeah. I, I had rumors and leaks of Ampere cores coming out and Ampere was was all of the news. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden at the last minute, it's like, no, no, we're going to do Turing. And so I think very much that Ampere just wasn't quite ready for prime time. And Ampere really is the next generation to what Pascal was. Turing was a stopgap. And the reason Turing was a stopgap is it's no more efficient than Pascal. It's not mm -hmm. a die shrink from Pascal. It, it, the only thing they added was they added tensor cores, which they already had in their Quadro lineup. 
and they added RTX cores, which is a calculation-based core to establish ray tracing within a rasterized environment. Yeah. It wasn't this great leap forward in gaming performance. It was just more expensive for more hardware mm-hmm. for the same performance level. There's a reason a 1080 Ti performs about on par with an RTX 2080 and costs the same price. Like that wasn't difficult math to figure out. <laughs> um, but uh, but all of a sudden, Ampere is in the news again, and we might be getting Ampere cores tomorrow, or at least the announcement of them. Might this be the next generation follow-up with the 10 to 12 to 15% actual improvement over Pascal for lower prices than we think we were going to get last year? That's what I'm curious yeah. about. Uh, I will be right back. Uh, this My son would really appreciate it if I had to just give him a tuck in for two minutes. That's totally cool. I gave uh, one about uh, 60 seconds before we went live. Yeah, so, so he, he just they just came in. Not here. to your kid, to, to, to my kid. <laughs> That'd be weird. Take a look at Civil's in uh, Discord. Civil in Discord. Oh, no. Oh, no. The math seems to check out. <laughs> Thank you, Will. Thank you, Will. Um, but yeah, uh, always read through the numbers that a lot of companies will try to give you as as these announcements are being made. Because every single new tech announcement, you'll see someone say it's twice as fast at this obscure task that we literally made this processor to be better at. Um, And uh, every company has been guilty of it at some point. What I really appreciated from AMD this last time around was when they introduced Zen 3, they didn't say we're twice as fast as Zen Plus in this weird metric. We said we're 15% better across the board in literally every metric. Um, And that's when you know a company has the cojones to go behind what they're saying is they're not giving these exaggerated claims or just marketing terms to you. They're literally saying we're 15% better and we know it. Um, and you can test it here, have the chips, go test them. And, uh, and when the reviewers get them, they say, yes, indeed, I'm actually impressed. Uh, and we didn't get that with the release of RTX. In fact, what you got was a lot of talking heads talking about how they were so unimpressed with, with RTX and NVIDIA's taking advantage of you. And these really aren't a performance gain or, and, and in a lot of cases, they're worse priced performance than their Pascal counterparts because you're not getting, uh, you know, the, the ray tracing advantages. You're, you're, there, weren't, there was no software to take advantage of that extra hardware. And you can still even say that today, although I'm using RTX voice on my uh, my microphone now and it's wonderful, but that literally just came out a couple weeks ago. Um, so definitely interested to see what NVIDIA touts about at six o'clock tomorrow morning. And I might live tweet that thing. I might, uh, I might wake up at six just so I can live tweet that. Um, I'm not quite done with my beer. I don't really want to introduce the next story with, without John. Um, let's see. Let's see what chat's doing. Um, LSPCI shows my 2080 as an 1180, which sounds like the previous lineup to me. And what's really funny is I've heard that a couple of times. I've heard that some early generation, uh, uh, Turing based cards show the wrong product identifier because Nvidia had already tagged those chips as a certain release number because they were so unsure what numbering scheme they wanted to use, whether it was going to be 11, 16, or 2000. And we heard all of it leading up to the launch until literally the day before uh, GamesCon in Germany when they announced the Turing lineup, 
we heard it's going to be the 1100 series lineup, or I heard it's definitely going to be the 2000, or could it be the 1600 lineup for some weird reason? And what's funny is literally like all of those things came true. Uh, because some of the early Turing cards showed up as like 1170s. Um, and I've, I've even seen mention of like an 1160 TI or something like that. Like, like just some weird off, off the ball, uh, cards that don't exist, existed within the product stack and existed within the naming scheme of NVIDIA and made its way out into some chips. So, uh, how you doing on your beer there, John? Has the foam died down yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm lower than yours. Not by much. That glass is kind of deceptive. Yes, I have I one of those. Yes, I know. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, isn't that another glass I gave you too? No, no, I. this is mine. Are you sure? These are my stout glasses. Oh, I have like boxes of them. You want more? Right. No, I'm good. <laughs> I no, have... I, I bought these ones. These, these okay. are my English pints. Okay. You you stay back. Oh, I, I literally, I think I have like 60 of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I I did a wedding and they're like, so we do want, I. <laughs> we want we want English pints. I'm like, why? Well, because they were cheaper than regular pints. Okay. You want them? Sure. <laughs> I guess. I right. guess. No, I, I have four of these. I have four of the uh gosh, what's the they're not Hilsner glasses, they're the the, the glass that's in my logo. Oh, uh, 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 yeah, the, um, uh, German, the German style glasses. The half- yeah. Um, Still starts with a P, but yeah. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Uh, I, I have four of those ones. Um, I've got the couple of tasters that you gave me. Um, the, the tulips. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of different glassware. I've got glassware that looks like cans. I don't like those. Um, I kind of like them for certain drinks. I like them for like Moscow mules when I don't want to use the, the copper cups. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll use those because they're, they're nice, you know, hearty glasses and, and they, they keep cool pretty well. Hmm. So why don't, anyway, uh, moving into finally the AMD story, uh, getting into the Radeon seven announcement. Uh, so we all thought the Radeon seven was dead mainly because AMD announced it last February and then discontinued it in October, uh, right before the announcement of the brand new Mac Pro, which happens to use Radeon 7 graphics. <laughs> um, so it was kind of a weird little thing, although they're calling it the Radeon Pro Duo or some weird Radeon Duo um, Radeon uh, thing inside of the, the Mac Pro, uh, where they actually make it a dual GPU card, which by the way, I still want like two of those. Uh, for reasons, um, you know, need to need to put them up beside my uh, my GTX 690s and Tesla M60s and all my other dual GPU cards that I seem to be accumulating as of late. I I want one of the Mac Pro dual cards. You want one of the Mac Pro ones, or you want one of these? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now these aren't the dual cards. These are just Radeon 7 Pros, so they're yeah. a professional version of the original Radeon 7. Um. But they do have a couple of interesting features to them. Um, mainly, these are going to be workstation-oriented cards. So they are um, the same 7 nanometer Vega 20 GPU. So they are still the Vega-based, not the... Uh, uh, gosh, drawn a blank. 
What's the new Radeon Core? <laughs> I was going to say Pascal, but no, it's not right. uh, Whatever the new one is, someone will correct me in a second. I'm drawing a blank. RX 5700. What's Arc, the yeah. core name? I don't even care anymore. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, they're, they're, they're still the old Vega architecture, but still 7 nanometer like the Radeon 7 was. Um, but... Uh, and he's introducing a couple of interesting features with this. Now, one of the interesting features is one that was introduced uh, with the Mac Pro. Navi, thank you. Navi Core. Navi, why? why Navi. Yeah, we've been saying that. For hey, listen. That's all you had to say. Shut up, Navi. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, they're they're introducing a couple of uh, very interesting features. Now, first and foremost, they are aiming this at. Uh, competition with the uh, RTX 5000 Quadro, so they are the uh, throwing this at the uh, at the the GV100 and the RTX uh, 5000 Quadro as very high end workstation cards in the CAD 8K video editing, uh, except for a professional lineup of. Uh, there we go. Yeah, like twelve people said it after I said. Uh, what uh, is it? After someone said Navi, so. Uh, it kicks and gets gets credit for saying Navi, and then it's uh, RDBA, RDNA, because he typed it wrong the first time. Navi, RDNA, Nasi, Navi. Yeah, like four of you typed it wrong because <laughs> you were trying to be first, which is really funny. Um, but if we go to uh, to the lineup here, we can see that uh, they're trying to slot this in uh, compared to uh, to the GV100, which is the uh, the Volta-based uh, Quadro card at $9,000. Now it does have 32 gigabytes of HBM memory um, and does have PCI Express uh, 3 support. Although how much of that is really being utilized is kind of up to interpretation uh, because it has 7.4 ter uh, total teraflops of precision. Uh, 870 gigabytes worth of memory bandwidth. And you compare the same cards to a, uh, a GP100, which is the Pascal-based uh, RTX 5000. Uh, that is an estimated cost of about $7,700. Um, 16 gigabytes of HBM2 memory, still PCI 3-based. Um, 5.16 terabytes or teraflops of, uh, of overall performance and 717 gigabytes of memory bandwidth. Now, you notice they're not showing one card up here. They're showing two cards up here, which raises an eyebrow. Well, yeah. That's why I asked you the question. <laughs> right. The eyebrow raise is why are they showing two cards here? Well, the most interesting thing is, number one, if we just take the, the combined performance of these two cards. Now, everyone knows dual processor cards are dead, or dual graphics cards technology is dead outside of like uh, artificial intelligence uh, mining and, and ASIC compute and stuff like that. Multi-GPU is dead, right? Right? Yes. yes. So so if we take the combined performance of this, it stacks up pretty favorably. We've got uh, 3798 combined costs for the two cards. Um, uh, and then you do need a $199 bridge between the two. That in mind. Um, uh, they have a combined memory capacity of 32 gigabytes of HBM2. They do use PCI Express 4.0, although it's probably not being utilized. Um, they do have six mini display ports per card, 
which is uh, pretty impressive. It combined 13.1 teraflops of compute performance and one terabyte per second memory bandwidth. That's pretty impressive, but the performance is actually only going to be half of that, right? Well, per per card, you'd think, because it's per, two per cards, card, it's going to be yeah. half of that. Half but of that. you know, you can only utilize one card at a time, right? Theoretically, let's scroll down just a little further. Infinity Fabric Link Crossfire Reborn. What this is is remember how Nvidia touted that they were going to use NV Link to link their graphics cards together over that NVLink bridge and and it was going to reinvigorate like multi-GPU compute, right? Except NVLink ended up being SLI over NVLink. So using the old SLI protocol to link graphics cards together, which means it puts the onus on the software developer to integrate support for SLI, for multi-graphics cards renderings. Um, and there's a couple different ways you could do that. And of course, there's DirectX 12, which kind of has hacks in, in including uh, multi-GPU rendering. But overall, multi-GPU support in software today is dead. This is new. This is new, and this was only introduced kind of in the periphery of the Mac Pro announcement with the Vega 20, uh, that... You can link these two graphics cards together using the same Infinity Fabric that Nvidia or that AMD is using on their CCX units on their processors, which means these share a cache and these share a memory pool. They can read the memory off every single other die that is in use in this in this compute uh, uh, cycle, um, and effectively function as one single graphics card. The software will see this as one single graphics card. It's not two 16 gigabyte cards for a combined 16 gigabyte pool, which has been the traditional you know, dual graphics card support. This is one single graphics card with a 32 gigabyte graf- uh, graphics memory pool. This is true multi-GPU support. And I, for one, am beyond hyped. Yeah, no, this is cool. <laughs> This, this is cool. And, and again, too, the best part is like if you do have that money, again, if we go back to that graphics, is that price point is that you're literally getting better performance if that link is true and does yes. everything it states. If this turns out to be true and if the performance scales the way AMD is claiming it will scale. Yeah. Now, recent history with AMD tells me to believe them at their word with a lot of their marketing. Now, not not everything has been like 100% accurate, but it's been like 90, 85% accurate for the most part. That most things that they've said have ended up having, you know, have, bearing some fruit. Um, the CCX units latency between them has gone drastically down because of the second generation Infinity yep. Fabric within the new, you know, Zen 2 cores with... Uh, uh, with, with their new architecture, with having that that 14 mil uh, I/O chip with the 7 mil uh, CCX units, uh, the memory bandwidth has gone way way up because of that shared memory cache. It's uh, everything that they've said has turned out to be accurate. Yes. And and all of a sudden, when their graphics department, which traditionally has not had the best track record, is coming out and they're saying, "You put this link on, and it will work." And and you will double your performance. Part of me kind of wants to, right? Part of me kind of wants to take a step back and go, 
I know the history of Radeon graphics, and traditionally, Fiji should have beaten all comers. And while it was a really good graphics card with the, uh, you know, the, gosh, whatever that scorcher of a card, the, the Radeon Nano, uh, you know, that should have beaten all comers, but at the same time, it was a 400 watt card that turned out to be like this big that required like 240 mil closed loop liquid coolers to, to, to run. Um, but, uh, but it still performed well. However, in this case, they're saying Vega on seven nanometers is a pretty good, a pretty good core. What if we could double it? Yeah. And they've already proven they can do this in the Mac Pro. That, that's, that's one thing that leads me to believe this will be true. Is I think uh, Apple may have had an exclusivity on this hardware uh, because they, you know, basically when the Mac Pro came out, the Radeon 7 was discontinued. And, and a lot of these, a lot of talking heads, they'll pay attention to Apple or they'll pay attention to NVIDIA or they'll kind of pay attention to both, but they won't corroborate any, or, sorry, AMD. I keep saying NVIDIA for NVIDIA, some um, They won't corroborate the two things together. I think there may have been an exclusivity agreement reached on the Vega 20 graphics at one point with AMD and Apple that stated you need to let us use this software and this hardware exclusively in the Mac Pro so we can sell some more units. And, you know, you're already on to Navi and bigger and better things in your gaming setup and 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 your, your professional workstations are starting to go towards Navi as well. So just let us have Vega and just let us scale Vega up. We'll take your last gen technology if you can give us like four times the compute performance. And remember, the Radeon 7 is also available in the Radeon 7 Duo. So a dual graphics card solution which does run as a single graphics card inside of the Mac Pro, which you can also double with an Infinity, uh, Infinity Link band and, or Infinity Fabric, excuse me, Infinity Fabric Link, and turn into four GPUs with up to, what is it, 128 gigs of HBM2 memory and, and something like 26 teraflops of compute. This already exists. Yeah. And now it's available for PC. Or it's and going to be very shortly. Hopefully, yeah. And a... Cheap price in comparison. $18.99. Yeah. And for like a professional scalable workstation chip that is literally close to the performance of, you know, let's let's scroll up to these uh to these dual numbers again right here. Um, you know, $18.99 plus the, the $200 bridge. But let's just take a, a one card at face value. You've got this one card, which is six and a half teraflops of performance is still more powerful than a than a GP100, than an RTX 5000. An RTX 5000 is just a uh, uh, an RTX 2080 that's clocked down slightly with with uh, ECC memory or HBM memory and uh, and tensor cores. That's all an RTX 5000 is. It's the same core with a couple of extras. Well, I I think I think with the Radeon though, these stats and numbers are with the two. So the six ter- I I divided that in half, six and a half. Six okay. and a half teraflops versus five point one six teraflops. Yeah, for a quarter of the money. Yeah, but yeah, I for one am going to buy this at face value. I for one do want to see this technology succeed because I want to see dual graphics card solutions come back. I want to see them come back to the mainstream because I, as an enthusiast. Love to fill my system with graphics cards. I, I've been a dual GPU user for a very, very long time until literally a couple of years ago, 
Um, I tried dual uh, uh, RX 480s because I bought in totally to the Liquid VR API that AMD was trying to sell. Again, their Radeon brand kind of overselling a technology that was going to require developer uh, buy-in in saying, if you want to run VR, you can run two graphics cards and we'll render one eye per graphics cards for literally double the performance because we need to render each eye separately anyway. So why not have each graphics card render each eye separately? Well, no one ever bought into the technology. No one ever used the API. And so I built myself a VR rig almost four years ago for the sole purpose of running VR with dual RX 480s, only for it to run at single RX 480 speeds because no one used that software. Yeah. Um, so I, for one, want to see this technology succeed because in the end, we all win. What happens if all of a sudden we can get a $400 graphics card from AMD and, and again, the old adage be true. Well, in a couple of years, if you want to double your performance, you can just buy another one and slot it in. Because that's the game that used to be played. Even when, you know, you had, uh, you know, NVIDIA 8800 GTs. And, you know, back in the 2007s, you could buy an 8800 GT for like $299. And then a year later, buy another 8800 GT, plug it in and get pretty much double your performance across the board on... 85% of titles that were out there? Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, no, the only problem is now that you're going to have to have at least those bigger cases. And I don't know how much of the, um, uh, you know, big workers, like you're saying, this is going to be meant for more of the industrial workers and the, everything like that, that I think, I wonder if they are moving down to a bit smaller case. This, uh, this card in particular is designed for workstations, for workstations slash server slash compute use cases. You're right. But this technology is what trickles down to the consumer generations within a generation, if not the same generation. And the fact that we're talking about a previous generation card in the Vega 20 architecture versus Navi, and the fact that they're integrating this Infinity Fabric Link into Navi or into uh, Vega, and and selling it as as a real world competitive solution. I want to see it happen because I for one would love to see Navi 10 come to the market in late 2020 with Infinity Fabric support. And I'm going to go on record and say you heard it here first that I think that's going to happen because if they are confident enough to put this in a workstation card and say you will double your performance. I think they'd be confident enough to put it in a, into a consumer card, even as far down at as like, you know, 250 or 300 bucks. Now, obviously a $300 times two plus a $200 link isn't gonna make sense over buying an $800 graphics card. But yeah. if I could buy two $800 graphics cards and then link them together, and all of a sudden I've got an $1,800 graphics card that, that obliterates all of the technology, that NVIDIA can possibly throw at it because you can't compete with double the, the performance. You know, NVIDIA might have the lead on the top-end graphics card, but... Yeah, the single you know, one. Right, the single one. But but you take a, an RX 5700 XT, it competes very favorably with an RTX 2080 in a lot of cases. Um, it doesn't quite win, but it competes very favorably with NVIDIA's 700 and $750 graphics cards. What happens if you double that? And, and what happens if that price is only $800 for those two graphics cards doubled up? Because we're talking about a $400 graphics card plus a $400 graphics card plus a $200 bridge well, okay. compared to NVIDIA's $1,300 graphics card. Okay, okay. So Who now, wins that? But now we're talking consumer level. Now, what do you talk now with that, though? You're talking you got to get a bigger case. And if you are trying to go Most people, 
most people by ATX cases. True, true. That's go to, go to Cooler Master's website. Find me a micro ATX case today. Go to Corsair's I, website. Find me a micro I, ATX case I, today. I, I, There's just, one for every twelve. Yes, true, true. But there are a lot of people doing like the. Uh, I think you even built one a personal VR machine for your living room, which was a, which was a smaller. So they're are getting into the. I want a console size gaming rig. Uh, I think that is a market, but I but I think you would be surprised at how many people still build full-sized rigs with a single graphics card in it. True. And probably well, 80% of what sells is ATX. True, true. But then but then that now you're gonna probably have to get a bigger power supply or an extra power supply. Mm -hmm. Uh and possibly I don't I don't know what people cool. already overbuy on their power supplies. I've argued that many, many times. True. They do? Yes. <laughs> yes, oh my god, yes. <laughs> Oh, um, that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, okay. Right, right. <laughs> John, most people overbuy on their power supplies. What? 50 I'm bucks, 50 bucks I, doesn't get you everything you need? <laughs> I would love to put your power supply on a tester. I really would. <laughs> yeah, you saw my power as, supply. Uh, as whatever his name YouTuber is. Until it... <laughs> Have you ever seen his videos? No, I haven't. He's an electrician who... Uh, he's this British or... or uh, Irish electrician, maybe. Uh, he's got a really distinct accent, but uh, his channel, I believe, is called Until It Pumps. Oh. <laughs> and uh, and literally, he takes electronics and he overvolts them until they explode. <laughs> so he does like light bulbs and he's like these 2000 watt light bulbs and he has these massive transformers in his house and he cranks up the voltage and he goes, we're at 5,000 volts. <laughs> we're at 6,000 volts. And, and like... He leaves, he leaves his camera on manual exposure so it just gets brighter and brighter until all you can see is light. And then it goes... And huge fireballs shoot. <laughs> it's a great channel. I'll have to check it out. I don't know if he's done anything currently, but uh, but it's awesome. But yeah, most people overbuy on their power supplies. Well, so, power, well then then there's cooling too, though, because you right. might you might need fans or mm -hmm. you know what if you were heavily invested into liquid cooling under that one, and now that is no yeah. longer an option. So I mean, it's not as there is not as simple as quite what you're saying, but. A, a much bigger portion, yes. But I think it's still just as simple as I'm saying because you're also talking about only the enthusiasts who would be buying two $600 graphics cards, plugging them into a system to double their performance. Yeah. You're talking about $2,000, $2,500 plus builds of people who do the custom liquid cooling, of people who spend $200 on an air cooler, of people who spend you know, $180 on a power supply. I, I think I, I think I'm thinking more of the middle ground people to where they're like, oh, okay, I'm gonna spend this much, and mm -hmm. I want to spend that little bit extra to kind of deck it out. I can't get top performance in an Nvidia card, so I'll get this, you know. So you get one of those cards, and you're still set. I get I get one of these cards, and I'm still set. But I'm gonna go with like a liquid cooling section that's mm -hmm. that's custom made and mm -hmm. or or you know hard hard elbowed in or whatever. Right. And, and, and you're still talking about an eighteen hundred dollar bill at that point. I mean, I mean, yeah, any any yeah. amount of custom liquid cooling, if you use name brand parts, is still going to run you well over a thousand dollars. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, so so you, you look at my last couple of tutorials where I've done a six hundred and eleven hundred dollar gaming PC, and and you could make them look quite nice, but you're in another realm when you're talking doing custom EK blocks or, well, yeah, or Swift Tech so, blocks so, or things when, like that. But when you're with that guy, that type of enthusiast, that middle grade enthusiast who's jumping up from novice to middle. And then, then all then, and then all you're going to worry about is who has the Halo product, and I want one of the two cards because one day I'm going to buy that second card. That's what day. he's going to well, say. He might. He never will, but he'll buy that one card because one day he could buy that second. He card. might. I I think that's what that market gets. I think there's maybe, and I'm not talking a big margin, but maybe like 10% bigger margin than maybe right. what you're describing. 
Right. <laughs> um, it's not a big margin. Eh, maybe just a little more. But but yeah, mm -hmm. no, this this type of technology, though, is really cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, it really is the whole idea of I don't have to go and dump another you know, twelve, thirteen hundred dollars on the latest graphics card. You almost swore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, what time is it? What time is it? Okay, yeah, we're not there yet. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so it, it is really cool. I mean, for someone like me too, is like, oh, I really, I would just, oh, that was my wife. Uh, the I, I'm in my garage and the gate's right there, and I was like, someone just no. hit my my fence. <laughs> <laughs> um to where yeah i do i just want i just want to up my graphics performance i have a decent chip or whatever yeah that this this type of solution appeals to even myself so and jeff will find that second card on ebay for 50 bucks oh i wish oh yeah you know i that. wish i can't wait for jeff for four years from now to go i found a radeon 7 pro for 55 dollars shipped it's new in box oh yeah have you seen a four-year vega 20 peel before <laughs> i can't wait for that jeff because that Jeff's going to be just as excited as this Jeff. <laughs> that Jeff's going to be almost excited as GTX 690 peel Jeff was. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> I shot that graphics card peel at 160 FPS in Cinema 4K. Just for you guys. 160 FPS. And I used every bit of it. <laughs> that is the first time I've actually stretched the legs on my, my Zcam E2 on my cinema camera. Oh, yeah? was, uh, was shooting that peel video. I've shot a couple of things at 75 and 120, but I've never stretched it all the way to 160 before. Uh, it would have been so awesome if you messed that peel up. Uh, it, yeah! Yes, it would have been. Um, so I will say, um, that peel video, the first one, um, I had to uh, get the corner lifted just enough and then push it back down so I could reach down with my fingers and grab it ever so gently and then pull up. <laughs> it was not as easy as I made it look on camera. And um, the overall video that I shot was, I think, just over a minute. Now stretch that out from 24 FPS to 160 FPS. That peel video was like nine minutes long. <laughs> I should just post that raw video on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, just had like some like old 80s uh, porno music in the background. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too yeah. too bad. Too bad. You should do it again, and then go get like a like a fake handlebar mustache and everything. I just need to shave this because yeah, I got yeah, a, I kind of yeah. got the corona yeah, thing just, going on right now. Yeah, just, I got the I'm just, full COVID beard at this point. Like, like yeah, it's you, you it's bushy. To, you need to go and do like a whole parody video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like lay lay it down in a bed and just be, oh yeah. You know I could probably pull off the handlebar. <laughs> Full on biker Jeff. No. Someone says, yes, I want this long epic peel. <laughs> Unfortunately, the first four minutes are me trying to get the corner up on that goddamn thing. Eh. No. Eh. No. Eh. No. Hold on. I got it lifted a little bit. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know how many how many shots are always like shot at 120 20 frames per second. And it's really, I just need that one second. That one second I know is good. I can stream it down. Yeah. All right. Now I got 30 good seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I did shoot in 240 the other day, but I was trying to show uh, my oldest daughter uh, how a guitar string moved. Oh, yeah. And so, and so I, I cranked it down to uh, to 1080p 240 and, uh, and watched and, and had her show or showed her how much a guitar string actually like 
wobbles up and forth. Yeah. So, because she uh, she she would she grabbed my guitar neck while I was playing. And she goes, "Oh, I felt it like it was it was like shaking and vibrating." I went, "Yeah," because the strings doing like really crazy things. And she goes, "Really?" And I said, "Yeah, let me show you." And so we we took the camera and got it all set up. And I I had her pluck the string and and we watched it you know wiggle yeah. in slow yeah. motion. So. Yeah, slow motion the perks cool. of this job are, yeah. are just endless. <laughs> the fact that I have cool tech. Yeah. And it's always set up. <laughs> oh, you're interested in how a guitar works? Here, let me grab my slow mo camera. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so like Mythbusters of like, all right, let's get I the know. slow mo camera. <laughs> what's Every- funny is that's that's one of our favorite shows to watch together. And and what's what's really fun is I've seen a lot of them. Uh, I have like the entire series on my Plex. And so we'll just sit down and watch Mythbusters. And uh, we've gotten to the point where her and I will sit down together and I'll ask her what she thinks will happen. And so I'm trying to get her to like, think about what the outcome of these myths are going to be. And and do you think they're going to be successful? Is it possible? Is it not? Why do you think? And, uh, and her favorite thing is watching the slow-mo videos of, uh, you know, Buster getting clobbered by a truck and a steel bar at, you know, 2000 frames per second. For, you know, knock your socks off and, yeah. and those kinds of things. She thinks it's hilarious when Buster just gets knocked the F out. Oh, I, I love like uh, slow motion slaps. Those are fun. I'm picturing Jeff in leather chaps. Where in the bloody heck did the chat go? I don't well, even want to follow this line. <laughs> well, it's because you wanted to handle our, I said to handle our mustache. Alice says you'd look great in a leather jacket. Okay, so I see the progression now. Um, by the way, I do have a leather jacket, and I do I do wear it uh, when I'm out in my convertible. So yes, that is a total thing. Um, I also have a series of hats that I keep it just in my truck for like when I'm working in the rain that are you know the full full brim hats. So because I wear glasses and I have to wear glasses to be able to see because I hate contacts and uh, I hate when rain gets on my glasses. So I have you know nice big essentially cowboy hats. <laughs> I don't wear them in public very much, but if I'm walking around the house and I'm working outside, oh yeah, they're on. Yeah. How are you doing with your beer? Uh, literally finishing. All right, I'm I'm done. All right, what's up? What's up next for you? I'll let uh, you have the uh, the full camera. I, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm I haven't gotten anything. I should have grabbed something when I went out. You didn't have a beer number two set? I, no, because it's my fridge is right there. You have your beer number two yet, so you can go again. My fridge is as far away from me as it is from you. Yeah, well, I have to go around. I'm halfway there by reaching over, John. Uh, Yeah. Look, I'm almost there already. Okay, technically, my fridge is closer. It's just I have something in front of me. My fridge isn't behind me. I can still be in frame and get my beer. You want? I'll I'll turn my camera. (laughs) Just get your beer. I'll introduce mine. You you do you. I'll do me. Late as usual. (laughs) Anyway, we are having a Level Beer Fire Flower Northwest Red Ale. Um, I have been really digging this one lately. Um, this one is also brewed here in Portland, Oregon. It's a 6.3%. And this is um, basically Level's interpretation of what a like an Irish Red would be if we IPA'd it up a little bit. Um, so it's hoppy. It's malty. It's, it's all the flavors that you really want in like a traditional Irish Red. With just a little bit of like Northwest IPA to, to kind of give it some uh, a little bit of a kick, and it's it's really quite enjoyable. Um, so like fantastic, they're, like their Dawn of the Red or or um, it's hoppy. it's hoppier than Dawn of the Red. Okay. Um, so this is a a Northwest Red Ale, 
And so it's it's Northwest inspired IPA with like Irish inspired roots, like Irish red inspired roots. Yeah, so, so it's probably like uh, probably an Irish malt or a uh, malt yeah. and yeast strain. Yeah, exactly. So I believe it's an Irish malt and it's mixed with Northwest hops. Yeah. And uh, and so it is it is exactly the flavor profile that I like in a really hearty Irish red. And just a little bit of that uh, that Northwest IPA or that West Coast IPA to give you a little bit of a hop kick and a little bit of a Cody oil on, on your tongue, mm. and uh, it's it's fan, it's a fantastic mix of both, and uh, and a mix that a lot of people wouldn't think would work, but kind of does. Yeah, there's a couple of those that work. It's really the yeah. hot build that because if you mess that up, then it's yes, good. yeah. I, I've had some terrible Irish reds. Let me tell you. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to be doing hot works. Coasted Toconut. It is a... Coasted Toconut. Yes. It is a coconut... Do not screw up the pronunciation on that. That could land a number of different places. <laughs> it is a uh, coconut milkshake IPA. So ah. we will see if it's actually coconut-y. Uh, coconut You're on a little bit of a toconut hip hit uh, lately, aren't you? Ah. Uh, That's a different color than I expected. It is a different color than I expected. Uh, looks like guava juice or like bad orange juice and vanilla is added so it's vanilla and coconut vanilla coconut IPA milkshake IPA or milkshake IPA okay so it's got lactose uh, vanilla and toasted yeah. coconuts that is as yellow of a head as I've ever seen and if it were any more yellow I'd tell you to go see a doctor yeah it's a it's a creamy it looks like vanilla cream Whoa. So, what do you think? That's oh, that face is great. That's just an interesting... You said coconut vanilla IPA hazy milkshake, if I didn't mistake any of those words. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay, okay. So, John, how is it? <laughs> All right. I mean... <laughs> I, I had a I had a seltzer the other day that was I don't know a little worse than this, but it's very artificial flavored. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Is oh my gosh, it's just I don't know. This doesn't work. I only had one set. Okay. There's this weird front. Okay, for one. Like when you think milkshake IPA, yeah. creamy. I think I think when they specifically put milkshake IPA, they're right. hazy. They have lactose in it and everything. But milkshake. Uh, move is, your move your beer. It's focusing on your beer. There you oh, go. That's right. It's supposed there to don't focus on me. Yeah. But, uh, John, you've had too many. <laughs> Come back, John. Um, you are expecting it to be very creamy, vanilla. You know, right. soft. This is like over carbonated, so there's this harsh carbonation mm. to it. Um, it's not sweet, it's it's the coconut you taste it, but it doesn't taste right in this. I don't know, there's yeah. just, and, it, and it, honestly, it actually could be because of this, it, right? It, it really could be because of the, the first beer, the first beer, like the last, which is thing, a very hot forward beer, very hot forward beer. Yeah. Uh, that could be ruining this because the flavor was still in there. I see. 
I see and taste potential in this beer. I just don't think it was very well executed. And I think it was one of those like, hey, it kind of hits the mark. I mean, breweries, they can't throw this stuff away. They have to release it. So, but I like, I like coconut in beers. I, you know, that's pretty well-known fact on this channel. I think you, you like coconut too as well in, in beers and drinks. And the, this one, you taste something that you think is supposed to be coconut and it doesn't really taste like coconut. Whatever right. it is, it's bad coconut. Yeah. And, uh, and we talked about this actually a couple of weeks ago because you had that coconut IPA. It was a coconut um, half of bison. Or co coconut half, excuse me. Um, and yeah, coconut is one of the most difficult flavors to maintain in a beer, especially a natural tasting coconut where it's kind of that, that rich, uh, you know, rich sweet taste. Um, yeah. It gets very artificial very quick. Um, and the flavors that you described, or just, just the name, let's just take the name. It's toasted coconut, um, which is just as difficult to say as it is to type. Someone yeah. uh, sit over in chat. Um, it's a milkshake IPA vanilla coconut beer. Yep. Like, if you take two of those words, two of those words go together, and these two go together, and these two go together. All four of those words do not go together. I mean, I mean, because milkshake, so you're getting lactose, so that means you're automatically thinking creamy. You're right. getting coconut and vanilla. Okay, coconut and vanilla. You're thinking probably like Almond Joy, Mounds But Bar. I'm throwing IPA into that mix? But then you throw IPA into that mix, and that's the other thing. They don't they don't tell you what hops are in there, and I think that's the problem, is whatever their hop profile is, it tastes almost a hair too Northwestern. Yeah. It, 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 that's the problem. It's not the tropical guava passion fruit. It's a little bit like... Yeah, if they went for like Amarillo hops, or if they went for... You know, so Eldorado like, hops or so, something like that. Something that's really like orange or guava citrusy. Yeah. You could you could totally do that. But if if they use Cascade that's, and and uh, it, it you know, yeah. it, it tastes like a mix of like Cascade and Citra that they put in. So there's like yeah. 50 50. But because there's that bitterness, it's like bitter yeah. and coconut doesn't doesn't really work. No. So. Yeah. But I mean, I'll drink it. Seven point three percent, by the way. Okay. Uh, this one, on the other hand, it's not. It's not the best Irish red that I've ever had. It's not the best Northwest ale that I've ever had, but but together it's pretty darn solid. Like yeah. like I'd, I'd give this beer a three two five, maybe a three five if if it weren't untapped. Very drinkable. Um, very drinkable. Very good. It it gives you exactly what it says on the can. It's a Northwest uh, red inspired ale, and uh, and I'm tasting all of that, and it's overall very pleasant. Um, there's nothing overly remarkable about it. Um, where it's not like, ooh, this is like a really malty red, or ooh, wow, I really like the Cascade hops in this one. Yeah. You taste hops, you taste red, you taste everything you're supposed to, and it's a good beer. And that's the nice thing about like even Irish reds or, or Northwest reds, actually, mm -hmm. is that hoppiness, bittering hoppiness, goes really well with malt, deep, rich maltiness. Yes. Um, so if you go lean either way on one of those profiles, it's really, oh, if you just name it this, you're hitting all the marks. It's, it's right. not that it doesn't work. Those flavors either way work fantastically. Just they really sure, do work well together. Yeah, just uh, make you, sure you name it properly. Yeah, you, you brought up Dawn of the Red, which is a another Northwest-inspired red ale. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it's more of the Irish red side of things. This is a little bit more towards the IPA side of things, yeah. but very similar for flavor profiles. I mean, they're distinctly different, yeah. but, uh, but they're hitting all the same marks. Yeah. So, so. Oh, 
All right, Shall well, we move on? We have. We can move on. Um, so there was actually some. We're we're going to be going into entertainment and gaming news, and there has been some interesting development in the world of Nintendo, and mm-hmm. it's not Switch related. Um, actually, it could be. Potentially, You're not coming to my island. <laughs> yeah, it could be potentially, possibly ROM, um, but a lot, a lot of stuff got leaked. Source code and everything got leaked from Nintendo. So remember last week, Rhett and I talked about uh, the source code leak of Super Mario 64 that has turned into a full-fledged PC port. And by the way, that full-fledged PC port runs freaking fantastically. Find it if you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Because it's great. Yeah, so you're, you're getting... If Mar- you've ever wanted to play Mario with full anti-aliasing and 4K widescreen with absolutely phenomenal you know, graphics and, and support and everything looks right. Oh my God, this is the experience for you. And I cannot wait for someone to integrate like VR camera movement into it. Cause <laughs> oh, God, that's going to be good. Man, because they have that, uh, they have that mode, huh? They have the, the standstill Mario mode. Where you right. They up. have the standstill Mario mode. And remember uh, they integrated VR support into the dolphin emulator and playing wind waker in, in dolphin in VR there are a few better experiences on the PC than that. Yeah. And this Mario, if you can get VR working with it, it's that. Yeah. It's that good. So what ended up happening was actually two terabytes of data got leaked from a third-party server. Um, and source code, original source code. So what was included was original source code for the N64, the GameCube, and even the Wii. And, and it even included source code for the N64 DD, which is the disk drive. It was yeah. the the unreleased uh, CD optical reader for the Nintendo 64. And and there was even the uh, China release IQ. Yeah. Yeah. So which no one cares about that one, but still. Uh, oh, and right. and and uh, the N- Nintendo DS. I Nintendo think. DS. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think, don't know if you mentioned that one. I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember. But yeah, um, N64, DS, and uh, GameCube, and Wii. And Wii, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, all of the original source code got leaked of how they made everything, how everything basically works. There's even um, stuff in there that got leaked of how they even plan to do systems. There was even a couple of demo games for the, the source code for those that was only in yep. conventions that got released. And so... I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing some stuff. If all of a sudden the N64 uh, emulation community, which has been kind of the redheaded stepchild of the emulation community, because it is one of the more difficult uh, consoles to emulate that has been emulated successfully. Because the emulations that are out there are not frame accurate emulations. Uh, Versus the SNES, the NES, and if you look at the GameCube, um, and, and a lot of other different systems, you know, PlayStation's PlayStation, up on that list yeah. and, and whatnot. Um, those are getting very near accurate as far as uh, the exact instruction codes that are being sent from the ROM to the interpreter. Um, where what's shown on the screen is so close to what was uh, on the original display on the console, you could call it accurate emulation. The N64 is using an interpreter set to interpret the ROM code and re-rasterize it with a different set of technologies. Yeah. And so it's not the same process that they're using. Now, they've gotten it playable at playable frame rates, and they've 
you know, even enabled some enhancements and you can add high resolution texture packs to Ocarina of Time and you can do this and that. They've, they've mastered a good number of emulation of it, techniques yeah. uh, for a very inaccurate code base. All of a sudden, if they have an accurate code base to work off of from everything from the Nintendo DS to the 64 to the GameCube to the Wii. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the GameCube and Wii is like the gold standard for how emulation should be. How much better is the Dolphin Project going to get now that they have original source code to work off of? Oh, exactly. I know. I mean, and the the best part, too, is the fact, you know, Raspberry Pi 4, and then they actually just, uh, RetroPry just released a uh, actual release for Raspberry Pi 4. Yeah. I think last month or something like yes. that. In um, fact, I was going to test that here before too long. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'll make a video on it because I don't like making videos about emulation stuff. Yeah. Although I do have an arcade build coming up, which is going to kind of touch on it, but not really because it's also going to be kind of like a retro PC build. Uh, but stay tuned like within the next week for that one. That one's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm in the middle of, of uh, act uh, doing um, a retro pie myself. I just bought a four <laughs> and, and doing me. it for someone they asked, they asked during the quarantine time yes like i was like hey i'll take this time and i really want to dig in dive into the latest stuff because i saw some really cool things going on and he's yeah. like i don't care hey i got paid a 100 bucks to flash an image <laughs> right exactly um but uh this is the interesting bit from the uh from the leak the nintendo console leak is said to include n64 game gamecube and wii source code so source code for the original operating systems and bootloaders on those systems now, we've already, in, uh, or the emulation community has already reverse engineered the security platforms for those. And so having access to the source code for how the actual, you know, compilers on those systems work is going to be an absolute goldmine. Yeah. Uh, diagrams and data sheets for every system component. That is every resistor, capacitor, you know, IO chip, everything. Everything is diagrammed and why is it in that system? It's in these, it's in these data sheets, uh, documents describing feature planning and implementation. So not only features that are integrated into these, but planned future expansions, possible hardware expansions, software expansions, uh, limitations that, that are within and limitations that were never broken by developers. Uh, those are all in the planning sheets when you develop a console. It's what is it possible of, or what's possible of this console and what's not possible of this console and what hardware can you add to enhance this? Because remember, you have like the expansion pack, you have the data, you have the DD, the, the disk drive. Um, there was a hard drive uh, uh, that was eventually released for, for that by the emulation community as well that used some of these uh, interpretations from the disk drive. <coughs> ah, excuse me. Uh, the full Wii operating system system development kit. Yeah. That's going to be the fun one. <laughs> um, that is the, the development kit used to develop Wii games. Not only the development kit itself, but the source code to the development kit I, was I, leaked. Yeah, no, essentially they basically got leaked all of the information, the data they mm -hmm. need to make uh, emulators for this. Now, I'm sure people are going to be, Nintendo's going to be on the lookout for like, who's <laughs> who's releasing this stuff, you know, the, the next emulation and stuff like that, but right. it's going to get out. I, I right. give it I give it a year and we'll have all of these problems um, worked out. Do you remember a number of years ago, um, uh, gosh, what was the name? Uh, Iguana Software. Uh, apparently they're... Um, a lot of their company was liquidated during the buyout. I believe it was with EA. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, or it was it was someone else, and then EA later on. But uh, but a number of studios were like bought out, sold, resold, and whatnot. So all of this hardware was like mothballed eventually, and a lot of this was Silicon Graphics hardware. And so Silicon Graphics was a high-end hardware company, a la Next Computing or you know someone like that, Apple, except for yeah. in the late nineties. Yeah. Um, well, someone stumbled upon a bunch of these Silicon Graphics desktops, which were like ten thousand dollar desktops back in the day, and they were known for having purple enclosures. They were they were these giant purple boxes. They found a bunch of these Silicon Graphics desktops. They decided to fire up a couple of them up, and a couple of them did fire up. On there, they found the source code for NBA Jam from the original Iguana software <laughs> development team. And, the, and there was a couple other games from the from the same Iguana development team on there as well. I don't remember the other games, but yeah, we have the source code for NBA Jam because of a buyout like this. Yeah. So chances are what happened in this case is it was a software development team that was given these, these software development kits by, by Nintendo along with the source code so you can develop, you know, raw software for it. And when you're developing for a console like this for... Not the way consoles work today where they're basically PCs. Xbox runs Windows. Yeah. It's a Windows development environment. Run it, for, run it on DirectX, you can freaking run it on an Xbox. Uh, PlayStation is, is essentially an operating system within that, and I believe it might even be a, a, a Nix-based operating system. But it's PC hardware. If you can run it on that, you can run it on, on PC. Yeah. Um, I mean, but uh, back in the day, these were literally purpose-built, assembly-driven enterprises where yeah, it was, it was its own environment, it was its own programming languages, and you were programming an assembly or darn near close to it, which is what made emulation so hard, is, is you, you had to re, re-engineer the way the software needed to be compiled. Yeah. And uh and so when when some of these source code leaks got out like, you know, NBA Jam and, and something like that, it was really interesting to the development and and emulator community because it shed so much light on what was out there. And now we're talking about we have the full source code for how they made both hardware and software the Nintendo 64, the Nintendo Wii, the Nintendo GameCube and the Nintendo DS. Yeah, for for these big players of right. Nintendo. Basically every system uh, except the last two for nintendo right uh and yeah i i <laughs> this is this is gonna make the emulation world just it's gonna blow mm-hmm. uh it's gonna be fun ps4 uh, is off a uh, bsd okay yeah it's free bsd so well yeah so, even nick's based my bad well it isn't uh isn't switch android based uh switch is not android based entirely um, I know it shares some Android-like said, yeah. uh, environment because it's still based off the Tegra X1, which is an NVIDIA Android development platform. Um, you could, in theory, run a lot of other OSs, but I believe the Switch base is a Nix-based OS. I believe. I'm not, a, I'm not a software developer. I read a lot of things, yeah. so I'm probably wrong. Mm. Yeah, no, this one, this will be interesting to see. I wouldn't be surprised we're going to hear something um, coming out real soon, probably end of the year, maybe even, you know, summer next year. We'll, we'll probably have some really big ROM leaks going yeah. out. Um, but speaking of retro gaming yes. and games coming back, um, there was actually a big announcement. Well, actually, oh, how did you spend the late 90s, John? Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> honestly, there were even, uh, I would say this is probably top five best soundtracks on the oh, game. 
God, yes. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, we're talking about Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Uh, Specifically 1 and 2. Yeah. Because there's an all-new game coming out, which is a complete remaster and reimagination of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. two. And But it, it is completely, supposedly, the exact same map, redesigned, reskinned, yes. redone everything. But uh, same same main characters, but reskinned again. Yep. Same, and they specifically say, same soundtrack. So that was actually very interesting because I was curious to see if they still held on to the license or had to redo it. But I watched some gameplay of this. This looks basically just like it did in the old day, but just like RTX. It's been... It's been. It's what my mind's eye remembers. Yes, it's what my mind. Really mind's eye, is. It really is. It's it's almost like they put um, RTX on, on, on like the PlayStation, and somehow like on off on off. That's really right. what this looks like. It looks amazing. Um, I honestly, my only thought is like, I really hope that this only costs like twenty bucks. I I really hope. You I, know, it's going to be sixty. I know that's, that's I the guarantee t- it's going to be 60 with an exclusive, you know, pre first day pre-order $80 bonus. And then no, DLC I, that ranks it up to another 120. You know, know, that's know. what this is going to be. I know, but it's John, your heart of hearts. Answer me truthfully. Oh, I, 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 is this going to be a $20 game? I was thinking 49 99. By the it, way, it, it's also an Epic store exclusive. Oh my God. So, yeah. let, so let's go down this path. <laughs> Yeah. Of what is this game going to be? Oh yeah. It's I going know. to be great. I it's think going, this yeah. game is going to be great. I I think this is going to be a really good pa- great pastime. I think older people are going to buy this, and younger people are going to be introduced. And what I really love too is again with the um soundtrack. I wanted to make that point again too because I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see a spike in the Billboard download charts or whatever of these bands and these songs because. Th- as long as they don't make it to where like, oh, you can download and update your own library. I'm yeah. betting a lot of these bands are going to get a lot more download uh, tracks. Oh, guaranteed. If, yeah. if you have a song on Tony Hawk Pro Skater, you're going to see uh, an influx of downloads. I'm probably yeah. going to go download the original soundtrack like later tonight or tomorrow. They, they, they actually have it on uh, Spotify. As soon as that yeah. hit, I went and found it. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I played it all day at work. I think I went through like three or four times. Um, Isn't Green Day Minority on one of those? No, no. It's it's. Uh, I think the only punk uh, Goldfinger's on there. Goldfinger, yeah. Goldfinger's okay. on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember playing. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of which. Think back. I, I I can hear like nine of them in my head. Oh yeah, there there was because the two that really got to me. I was so surprised that a video game back then had a rage against the machines and i was like mm-hmm. oh, this is i can play this song and, and i can like crank it up and and my mom can't yell at me because it's on a video game and i didn't i didn't you know burn it onto a cd right. <laughs> mom it's on the video game <laughs> so uh, actually it was tony hawk that introduced me to goldfinger um really cool punk band totally underrated civil says you can't wait till the humble bundle 2025 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only thing, the only thing I was disappointed was that they didn't talk about like online co-op. I thought an yeah. online, online co-op for this or an online open world. Two-player maps are going to be freaking amazing. Yeah, they are doing multiplayer on this, but it was like I don't know if it's 
if that because I don't remember seeing if that was online multiplayer or or you know what I, I would have to be but I would almost imagine an open world platform like this would mm-hmm. be amazing uh the Tony yeah. Hawk 2 1 and 2 open world platform oh you mean Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4 or did we not talk about that <laughs> But no, have the classic one. That, that's the thing. If you integrated that, and I'm betting, guess what? This is going to be, be a success. And a year down the line, that's what they'll introduce. Yeah. You know, here, here's that $20 download expansion pack. You know what's scary? Tony Hawk is 52. Uh, what is it? A kid, an uh, 11-year-old kid, just beat his record, one of his records, for, uh, was it a 1080 or something like that? Um, three, three full spins, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, uh, the, I think it was like the day he announced that Tony Hawk, this game came out. And, yeah. uh, so the, this kid broke one of Tony Hawk's like biggest records, but again, yeah, Tony Hawk's 52. <laughs> I mean, yeah, guy can't hold on to a record forever. Right. Oh, wait, no, hang on. Pro Skater will be available for $39.99. $39.99? Okay, that's terrible then. That's not terrible, yeah. Well, I'm assuming that's starting price, because, again, is, we're tapping yeah. oh, Epic oh, Game oh, Store. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Well, uh, with starting unique, at $39.99. Unique content <laughs> available for $49.99 and a collector's edition for $99.99. Didn't I tell you? I know what this <laughs> I've seen this game before. <laughs> uh, that's funny. This is yeah. not my first rodeo uh, or uh, skateboard ride, as it were. Yeah, well, I, I updated this article like uh, this morning and I read the original one I posted because it was just like the Instagram post. Yeah. So this one had more information, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I called it. Yeah, totally you did. called it. All right, moving right along. Yep. Uh, speaking of consoles, uh, uh, we accidentally got linked, leaked, not linked. Well, I guess both, because we're on the internet. Uh, uh, Sony accidentally leaked, gosh, why can't I say that? Leaked their own PlayStation 5 release date. Uh, This article, I don't know if you read it, was updated, uh, I think, today. Yes. Okay, so. Uh, But yes, PlayStation uh, accidentally released what could be um, the PlayStation 5 release date, which would be putting it about two months earlier than what everyone's expecting, because yep. there was a feeler out for some jobs. There's there's a job posting on Sony's official site right now Yeah, that says uh, developing PlayStation platform business, etc., will aim uh, of creating the most interesting entertainment in the world, the job description. We will leave the prototype purchasing business of PlayStation hardware products to you. We will select the best suppliers from domestic and overseas parts partners, coordinate hardware parts spe- uh, specifications, and produce capacity in cooperation with design department and quality assurance department to create the PlayStation Fly 5, which will launch or which will be released in October 2020. Basically, they're looking for a production and uh, procurement manager. Uh, responsible for obtaining the actual individual components that are going to be going into the PlayStation 5, which will be released in October 2020. Yeah, that and, and so <laughs> I was like, oh, interesting. Um, someone someone snapped that that application, that image, and then Sony then went and deleted that line and yeah. rebuttaled uh, earlier today. Stating, no, 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 holiday. Yeah. Holiday 2020. Yeah. 
Which and I guess Halloween's a holiday, so you know. it, yeah, they say it was due to a mistake in the recruiting site on the content was written uh, was written by our wasn't written by our company. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But the information was provided by your company. I'm <laughs> yeah. assuming. So we will see. Um, because I'm almost wondering if it's getting pushed out earlier because of everything. I don't know, but. Um, it very well could be. I mean, I mean, Sony is a multi-bracketed, multi-winged company. And so if you look at Sony Entertainment, they're one of the, or Sony Movies, they're one of the largest movie production companies in the world. You look at Sony Games uh, and, and you know, the Sony Entertainment Wing in general, they're one of the largest companies in the world. Yeah. Um, if And you take, you know, all the other brands for Sony, you know, their audio equipment, their, you know, live video production and camera equipment and lighting and everything else. Sony's a big, far-reaching company, and I'm sure they're feeling the effects of of this whole thing going on right now. Why not bar- prop up one of your most profitable d- divisions for a you know massive end of the year? Yeah, uh, is the only thing that I can think of uh, to to why they're pushing this production up a little bit. Because originally they said holiday 2020, it's going to be released the week before Black Friday. That's yeah. when consoles are released. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's released like, yeah, a week or two before Black Friday. And yeah. then there's always that, that single game bundle that goes with it, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, um, which is totally a ripoff. But <laughs> and right. because, because the, and then the previous model behind it is sold for like 99 bucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But uh, there was some other news with PS5 as well. Um, actually, I didn't read this part, so if you want to yes. take this one. Uh, this one was Epic CEO Sweeney. We all know Sweeney. Um, uh, that says the components within the PlayStation 5 are, quote, far ahead of high-end PCs. Oh, John's camera died. Ha ha. Um, the, the solid-state drive, the SSD inside of the PlayStation 5 is, quote, far ahead of high-end PCs. In, Hang on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a battery. God. It was a battery. It was dead. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you know, if you power the camera off and then take the battery out, it'll save your settings. It's when you take the battery out, it doesn't save because it saves on, on quit. It doesn't save on action. Ah! So now you know. But now I know, and knowing is you know. the battle. Because knowledge is power. <laughs> there <laughs> we go. Now I got a full battery. We'll be fine. Anyway, um, so Sweeney's talking about the SSD inside of the PlayStation 5, saying it's dramatically in front of anything that any high-end PC has. First off, I'm calling BS. Oh, yeah. But I've seen prices for you know, 800 and 1.6 terabyte SSDs on the PC market. I know what they cost. I know what they cost to manufacture. I know what they cost to sell. I know what they cost to buy from a consumer standpoint. And I know probably what they cost to put inside of a PlayStation 5. You're not getting the best components. Flat out, you're not. Uh, So could they have a a Gen 3.2 NVMe SSD inside the PlayStation 5 capable of 3000 megabyte per second reads and writes? Absolutely could. And they could probably have an 800 and a a 1.6 terabyte model. I totally believe that. Um, He said, uh, quote, first of all, 
I think, first of all, Sony has a massive, massive increase in graphics performance compared to the previous generation. Because, you know, it's been like seven years since the PlayStation 4 came out, which means this one's going to be like five years more advanced. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I guess we get that every generation. End quote. Only part of that was his direct quote, but you can probably fill in the blanks. Sweeney joked. But Sony's made another breakthrough that in many, many ways is more fundamental, which is a multi-order magnitude increase in storage bandwidth and reduction in storage latency, which as we all know, leads directly to better graphical performance. Again, he didn't say that last part, but SSD performance means jack-all for games because games hold everything in memory. Everything is RAM dependent. Everything's loaded in your memory. Everything is already loaded. That's why your loading screens are so long. That's why once you play Red Dead Redemption on something, it just fires right up. Yeah. It, you know, the loading may take four minutes, but once you're in game, it you're in game. That's how games work. Um, as revealed in March, and this is all or, you know, either quoted or paraphrased from IGN, um, in Digital Deep Dive on the PS5, Sony architect Mark Senny, or Cert, Cerny uh, revealed that a custom solid-state drive targets at least 5 gigabytes per second in terms of bandwidth. And I'm sure the interface does, because that's what NVMe on PCIe 4 with a 2x bridge does, is 5 gigabytes in bandwidth. That's the link. That's not the speed. That's like plugging in my C920 webcam into a USB 3.0 interface. It has a 10 gig interface, but it's a C920, which runs yeah. on USB 2. So you could say you can use whatever interface you want. You know, at the end of the day, what's inside the C920, which is the camera that John sees me on, is the bandwidth that goes through it. So, you know, you could plug a, a SATA 3 SSD into a SATA 1 port and vice versa. You could plug a SATA 1 SSD into a SATA 3 port. You're still only going to get 1.5 gigabit speeds, even though it's a 6 gigabit link. That's how links work. Yeah, well, maybe they're doing that because of, uh, you know, come two years from now, we'll have the uh, PlayStation 5 thin, PlayStation 5, you know, curve. But at the same time, storage storage speed does not graphics speed. Equate. No, no, but, but <laughs> what they can do is then by that time, their SSD could catch up to what their actual hardware, uh, uh, you know, plug-in uh, port has. Yes, and, and then so technically they could say, oh, and and then at that time they could say, and this one has even faster storage. Fast, yeah, fit the fifty percent faster, fifty percent faster, faster than right. the last one. But it's really because we're actually thing. using the five gig link now because those drives yeah. are so much cheaper because it's, the PC is way over here now. Exactly, that's, that's how that, this works. That's how it works, and so yeah, they're. Remember how that. earlier in the show <laughs> I was saying, don't take a company at its face value when they say it's twice as fast as the previous generation because it's twice as fast in one specific metric, or they're using the wrong metrics. Um, so this happens all the time in like external SSD sales, where um, in fact, go look at the last external SSD review that I did. I reviewed the uh, the Lexar SSD with the Samsung T5 drives. And that's a SATA SSD versus a, an M.2 SSD, an NVMe SSD. Both of them use USB 3.1 for an interface. The, the T2 or the T5 drive was on peak slower, but on average faster. And, and, but neither of them were near the advertised speed because the, uh, the SATA SSD should be capable of 565 megabyte per second read and write. 
it was only actually capable of 415. Yeah. And it was being used over a 10 gigabit interface or a 10 gigabyte per second interface. Same thing with the, uh, uh, with the Lexar drive, the Lexar Pro drive. It was capable of, of 950 megabytes per second. In reality, I only saw like 710 at max. And it writes, it was even worse. It was 500. So, but it was a 10 gigabit interface. And I think that's what this is going to end up being. Yeah, it has a five gigabyte per second interface because that's what PCI Express 4.0 gives you because we know it's using an AMD Ryzen APU, but that's the PCI Express interface. That's not what actual NAND chips and controller are going yeah, into this device. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I 100%, I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And especially- but, here, the- but here's the golden quote. Here's the golden quote. The PS5, paraphrasing, puts a vast amount of flash memory very, very close to the processor, says Sweeney. So much that it fundamentally changes the trade-offs that games can make and, and stream in. And that's absolutely critical to this kind of demo. End quote. What he means is that the drives that used to be in the PS4 were SATA-based interfaces, and they were spinning drives. And the new drives are hooked up via PCI Express lanes directly connected to the CPU, which we know as directly connected CPU PCI Express lanes, because that's how PCI Express 4 works, unless you're passing through the chipset. But even passing through the chipset, you'd be closer than the last generation SATA disks that were inside the PlayStation 4. So whether they're direct connected SSDs or through the chipset SSDs, they're still light years faster than the last things, but still a an order of magnitude slower than what's probably going to be in even your budget PC systems moving forward. That's how this all works. Yeah. You see how numbers can be twisted? <laughs> like, I don't like that. How is everyone doing? Everyone, Great. Thanks, everyone, for, thanks everyone, for asking, Warman. Yeah. Everyone in Discord is making fun of my backlight. Yeah. See, now you got the weird camera. Yeah, it's my frame rate. I think I'm shooting yep. at, uh, oh yeah, I'm shooting at 60 and it's going at one, uh, 250 for some reason. Okay. It's probably because I did the battery change. Yep. Yep. John looks like he's posing for a high school senior photo. There we go. There, should be gone now. No, he'd have his guitar and his Final Fantasy uh, gun blade. If he was <laughs> posing no, for his high school it's senior not photo. Go- I have... I have- Clouds Buster. Oh, you have the cloud. You have the Cloud Buster. Uh, right. Yeah, there. I, I fixed the. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. It's Thank at you. one. It's at one twenty-five. No, it's still I, a little bit there, but it's not bad. Yeah. Well, it's there. It's am there. I shooting at sixty? Oh, it's at one. Why am I shooting at one twenty? I'm shooting at one twenty. Uh, I don't know why. Oh, I know why. Because my default for 1080p is is one twenty. That's right. Yeah. So I didn't want to over. Oh, whatever. Who cares? Anyways, I just found four 1070s local for five hundred dollars. Picked them up and they all worked. That's a pretty solid deal. One hundred twenty-five bucks pop for uh, for four 1070s. Um, those are pretty solid. Uh, those are going in our area pretty much for what they ask for retail because that's our used market and it sucks. Uh, but on eBay, I've seen them for between one hundred and eighty and two twenty a piece. So one twenty-five a piece. You you've definitely got some meat on the bones. Whether you want to flip those or you want to. Uh, put them in other machines. So, uh, we have one last one very, last very quick story, quick, yeah. and that is uh, Iron Man the VR experience lands uh, on July 3rd. 
It's been, what, delayed twice already? It's been delayed twice. It was originally supposed to launch early April, and I guess it was put on hold because uh, the development team had to suspend operations uh, because of, you know, work-from-home requirements kind of thing. Um, and then it was originally supposed to be released mid-May, or after the, the delay, it was supposed to be released mid-May, and now they're aiming for July 3rd. But they're saying they will absolutely make this July 3rd date. Um, and this is one that... Uh, that I'm just kind of looking forward to. Well, we um, talked about it even early, yeah. <laughs> early on. I remember talking like your original house, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, yeah, this was also like right when PlayStation VR came out and this was mm -hmm. going to be released for PlayStation VR and we were kind of making fun of it because the PlayStation VR sucks. It's the worst uh, VR <laughs> other than the original DK kits, right? <laughs> um and uh yeah they're like oh yeah you can play this on playstation vr i guess yeah, cell phone vr is worse so if yeah, you went the samsung oculus route that's yeah you've got uh, a worse setup than playstation vr but not by yeah, much not by much so um <laughs> but yeah, i i'm still curious about this because this just sounds like i'm gonna get motion sickness i'm sorry no, no. i'm just gonna vomit <laughs> depending on what what this is but like i would imagine flying through the air and trying to do something i will probably vomit you know, actually, I, I tried, uh, there's a free Spider-Man VR experience that's available on Steam now. Uh, and it's actually an official Spider-Man game. Okay. Um, and all it is is basically like a web slinger. You're just slinging from building to building kind of thing. But uh, that was actually fairly fluid. And, and I was really surprised with how not motion sick I got. Now, I'm not prone to motion sickness at all. Someone who is prone to motion sickness, you may still get motion sick. Um especially that, that vertigo feeling that you get when you look down and there's nothing below your feet. Yeah. A lot of people struggle with that. Um, now, now could you, could you just like shoot in the middle of like nowhere and it'll still catch something? Yes. Like, like Spider-Man. No, you it's have like, to shoot out a building. You have uh, to hit the building eh, eh, Whatever. because yeah. I've fallen to my death a couple of times. Uh, and let me tell you, there's nothing more terrifying. I just like how Spider-Man can be on like the Eiffel tower and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot up and there's nothing above me. Wait, I, uh, wait. I'm, I'm jumping off the tallest structure <laughs> and away from it. And there's nothing to grab onto. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only I'd listened to Tony and gotten those hand and feet, feet jets, I, I could be uh, rocking and rolling right now. That's like the best thing of like early '90s Spider-Man was just like yeah. he just like can swing on anything up, up, air, a cloud. He'll catch on a cloud. That's it. Mm. But yeah, I, I don't know. He's I'm, hanging from something while kissing Mary Jane on like the skyscraper. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, wait, hold on. Yeah. Now I do wonder though, because this game is has been delayed for now because it was in development. I want to say early of last year. Yeah, it was March or April last year. I want to say Some, we talked about this. Something, something like Over that. A year. Yeah. I want to know how actual competitive it's going to be. I think there is still a lot of people who are huge fans of the Marvel universe. Yeah, who want this. Yeah, there's that, but I wonder, like, graphics compare, you know, uh, of... Um... The the VR graphics game is not nearly as cutthroat and competitive as, like, the PC high-end gamer okay. game. And probably. and even the, the high-end PC gamer game has taken kind of a backseat as far as graphics go, in my opinion, over the last five years. Well, I think there's story... not Yeah. S storytelling definitely has, has come to the forefront a little bit more with some single-player campaigns. But overall, the, the graphics race... I feel like it's it's not nearly as heated as it used to be. 
Um, and, and I think the main reason for that is there's only so much you can do with the current hardware that we have. And, and there's only so much that I haven't seen before. Um, like even looking at like Star Citizen, which like three years ago looked like mind-blowingly good. I'm having a hard time thinking of anything in Star Citizen that I haven't seen in another game. Yeah. As far as fidelity, as far as depth of field, as far as this and that. I, I'm not seeing it unless you come out with like a fully ray traced experience. And even then you're kind of, you know, yeah. splitting hairs with me going like, how much do I need sunlight huh? refraction inside of water and da, 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 da. Like I'm sure it'll add some level of fidelity, but let me be frank. Red dead redemption looks amazingly good on the Xbox one and it sucks on the Xbox one. <laughs> and, th and those are the same statement made concurrently. And they're both true. It was yeah. the worst experience of Red Dead Redemption, and it still looks freaking great on the Xbox One. Now, it runs at like 800p on the Xbox One. It's certainly not nine, you know, 1080p. But at the same time, I didn't care. And it ran at like 25 FPS, and I still didn't care yeah. because it was a great game. And I, I think we're kind of beyond the graphics race, in my opinion. Well, not that it's not important, yeah. but I don't think it's the most important thing anymore. Well, I remember, I think, uh, especially when we were talking about the PlayStation 5, um, there's like, a, I think, a gameplay video of like some rock climbing or something like that. That's mm -hmm. that's supposedly supposed to talk about the ray tracing capability of the PlayStation 5. And yeah, it, look, <laughs> it, it looks cool, but it was just like, eh. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I I don't know. It, it, it is. It, to me, it's like, okay, I'm paying so much extra money for more graphics and not substance right. content. It, it's also diminishing value of returns. Yeah. Because think of how long we stayed on graphics at 640 by 480. Okay. Yeah. Just, just think about like your childhood and, and through all of the 90s, gaming at 640 by 480. And then we slowly kind of crept our way up to 800 by 600, 1024 by 768, 1280 by 1024. You know, we got to, to five by four gaming. And then it was kind of the, that goes away. And all of a sudden we're going to start talking widescreen elements. Yeah. But the widescreen elements really sucked in the early days because no one could run at full 1080p. And so a lot of us ran downscaled 720 or rather upscaled onto a 1080p monitor, which looked freaking terrible. Yeah. So we were gaming at 720p and then 1080p. And 1080p has been the standard 2008? For at least 15 years, probably. Like 2008, I remember playing Fallout 3 on a 1600 by 900 monitor. That's well, that's 10% below 1080p. Yeah. I would as far as pixel count goes. And it was a 20-inch monitor. So jumping up to a 22-inch 1080p, it's the same DPI. Yeah. You're not gaining that much more. Now, since 2008, how far have we gone? We've gone to 1440p, which is great, you know, and, and I've been gaming on 1440p since about 2011 is when I bought my 1440p monitor. But 4K isn't that much higher than 1440p. It's, it's two and a half times. But it's two and a half times in order of fidelity that we're starting to not be able to see at that finite quality. 640 by 480 to 1024 by 768 is a far wider gap than 1440 to 4K. It really yeah. is. And and even like moving forward, like, oh, when are we going to get to 8K gaming? Who cares? Well, we, 
There's, there's nothing there for that, though. Moving yeah. from, yeah. and I'll equate this to cell phones. Moving from the original iPhone to the iPhone 4 Retina screen. That was good. That was a good change. What have we done since 2011 on the mobile phone space? Well, yeah. That, well, they'll, they'll no one there. cares. No, well, yeah. Even like the screen, they'll sit there and say, oh, it's 4K. It's on a 4K OLED screen. Great. My yeah. battery life sucks. Moving yeah. back to a 1080 screen so I can last all day. Exactly. That's what we yeah. care about. No, it, it has the potential to do that. And it doesn't look any different. I mean, to the standard person, the 90% user right. base couldn't tell the difference. Because um, we've reached a point where it's good enough. Yeah. Everything that we see is good enough. And, and even, you know... Cranking a game down to, you know, medium and medium low settings, it still looks good enough in most cases. Yeah. And and can you honestly go through every single graphical setting inside of Red Dead Redemption or GTA V or even Rocket League or CSGO and tell me a quantifiable difference in image quality from, from low to medium to high to ultra? Not many people can. No. You, you can see a difference between no anti-aliasing and 2x anti-aliasing and maybe a difference between 2 and 4. But when you start talking about 4 to 8 and 8 to 16, and you start talking about anti-scropic filtering, filtering from 0 to 2, you can see that difference. Well, but, like, but but tell me a person who can see a, a quantifiable difference between 2x and 4x, or 4x and 8x, and 8x and 16x. Yeah, It well, doesn't exist. Well, exactly, too. But and most of the time, too, those people are still running on older hardware monitors uh, issues that are only and, 1080p. And, and all you get is a game that runs a little bit slower. Yeah. For, so. for increased graphical horsepower and graphical requirements, that's not going to gain you graphical fidelity. And I think we've reached a point where most games run well enough because most games on the PC, even at medium and medium low settings, run at 60 FPS plus on a $100 graphics card. Yeah. No. Uh, we have a question or a uh, $10 from Vlad. It's another super chat. Yeah, he has a question. Vlad. Vlad is back. Yeah, it's Vlad. I know. It's Vlad. We're not, and we're not doing shots. We're not doing shots. Vlad's not buying us shots. What's Vlad? And <laughs> where's the... your daily safety tip? God, I miss those. Uh, Vlad, $10 super chat donation. Building my next daily use PC. I do a lot of SolidWorks, uh, Creo Elements, and AutoCAD for work. I'm set on going Ryzen. Should I wait? I feel like the next generation processors are around the corner. We're still six months plus away from the next generation Ryzen processors. I would say, no, there is no reason to wait today. Number one, there's always something new around the corner. I think we've reached a point with Ryzen that the it, there's going to be a better chip in six months that is going to increase, that is, that is going to be a better value per dollar that is going to get you more performance. However, the level of performance that you're getting today out of, if you're doing AutoCAD work, I'm assuming you're going at least with a 3700X, so eight core, that's your starting point. Maybe a 3900X going 12 core, maybe a 3950X going eight core or going 16 core. They had a 3950X selling for $688 the other day on a new egg special. Tell me a better processor that you could have bought a year ago than that. Yeah. You couldn't, it didn't exist. Intel's flagship 9980XE was selling for $2,000 and this one beats it flat out for $688. This is the time to buy right now. If you can afford it, I would go out and buy it. Um, I think Zen 3 is going to be even better. Uh, now it's still going to be 7 nanometer plus. I think the change is they're probably going to make the IO die to, to a 7 nanometer size from the 14 nanometer size that it currently is. 
And there's gonna be a couple enhancements, you know, here and without, and we're probably gonna get an IPC bump. But I don't think it's gonna be the evolutionary jump that Zen Plus to Zen 2 was. I think that chain is still 18 to 24 months out. And so if you're looking to buy a PC, buy it now. That's my recommendation. Oh God. <laughs> John's on the Zoom features. Here we go. Well, it's past 10. It is past 10. Um, anyway, uh, we'll get into a little bit of an after show here in just a couple of minutes. Um, that after show is going to be for Patreon exclusive only. So I think we are going to restart this stream and we'll probably, what do you say, 30 minutes, John? We'll, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll be on for the 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 minutes sounds good. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, if you are not on the Patreon, link is down in the video description below. Get on there, get exclusive access to my Discord server. You can chat with myself, John, if you feel like it. I guess he's over there. Uh, John, if you feel like it, uh, as well as uh, Steve, Rhett, and uh, the other uh, members of the community over there who are growing every single day. And is, I, not to toot my own horn, but probably the best Discord community out there. Oh, yeah. And I don't say that lightly. I say that as in, there's 150 members and about 1,000 plus comments per day and the most active Discord server I've ever been in and the most friendly Discord server I've ever been in. And I have been in a fair number and then quit because they all suck. This is not that Discord server. No, this is, <laughs> this is not that. Literally, there is uh, so many rooms. This, this that is the worst picture of the Defiant Bridge I've ever seen in my life. That is well, shameful. I'm sorry. I didn't have a whole lot of time to Google it and download it and put it on. Gosh. Oh, this is the, the first color's all wrong. Oh my gosh, whatever. It's probably just my lighting in here. Anyways, but no, the best part about uh, Jeff, your Discord is actually the fact of the so many variety of channels and rooms in here. And within, like you were saying, the amount of people there, every single one of those rooms though is active is that's the thing yes. there is cars there is a networking as far as like not networking for business but physical like networking your house communication um there is food beverage there is uh, meme wars there is music there is movie pop culture um there mm -hmm. is gaming and there's actually been a lot of like almost weekly hey i'm going to be doing a live gaming who wants to join me and people yep. will join in um, hey, I'm um, jumping in Borderlands 3 and four other people will join like right away. Exactly. Um, yeah. No. And uh, if you have a question about networking, home labs, server, tech support, help desk, whatever, we have the expertise there. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not the biggest community on earth. Like I said, we're about 150 strong right now, but we're growing every single day. It's been kind of a slow burn grow, but it's been a very, very invested burn grow. Yes. Where... The people have bought into this and they are totally on board with everything we're doing there. And I could not be more proud of this community. Minimum donation, $1 per month. That donation goes you know, completely back into helping me produce content for you, to, to doing these videos, to buying me beer for the show, to you know, keeping the lights on around here. It, it really does help out the channel and help me keep these videos coming to you. Um, it only costs you a minimum of a dollar. If you want to donate more, I would absolutely love it. We charge per video. You can set a $1 donation and have a $1 max per month. You still get into the Discord. If you want to donate $5 per video, no max. You still get into the Discord and you're appreciated just as much, if not a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, but seriously, think about coming on over. Uh, we're going to end this stream here in just a minute. We're going to jump over to an after show. And uh, that's when the... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Glory to you, angel in the house. Uh, that's when the real fun begins. Uh, and uh, pretty much anything goes over there. And it's going to be a, few, a full Q&A session over there. And it's going to be about 30 minutes to maybe a little bit longer. And uh, a little bit more of this. So uh, please come on over and join. We would really appreciate it. Uh, John, any closing thoughts before we uh, jump on over to the after show? No, just uh, make sure to like and subscribe to my channel. <laughs> That's right. Got John got to get his plug in there. Make sure yeah. to go on over to Hops and Brews and subscribe. Again, link is down in my video description, which you are all on here watching. I can't help but notice that I have about two thirds of your total subscriber count watching my video right now. Yes. And <laughs> but seriously, if you like the beer content on the show, do go over and check out John's channel. It's because, getting better. It's getting really cool. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a, it's a consistently good channel. Um, he is probably on the cusp of starting to actually make some, some real, uh, some real viewership over there. Do go give him a, a, a watch. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to like the videos. Uh, you will not be let down if you enjoy the alcohol content that we do on this show. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, you'll see a couple special episodes with me on there. So yeah. You if you will. like me, there's more of me over there. There is more of you over there. Yes. Uh, especially if you go back to like the the Christmas the Christmas Advent calendar. There's actually those are a couple of fun videos we did. Those were fun. Those were. We need we need to do more collabs like that. Yeah. That was totally fun. do. And you still owe me a collab on the PC that I built you. You still owe me a collab on that beer that's still technically at your house. I'm holding it ransom until you bring your machine back over so I can finish filming it. I still have it set in the corner. I built you. John an X99 machine out of my own mind <laughs> on the promise that we would do a video together. We filmed an intro that sucked. All uh, the B-roll that I shot of assembling that machine sucked, and he took the machine home and he started editing with it. Well, yeah, I needed to make videos because you took the power supply out of mine. <laughs> power supply. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the best joke in the whole video too. <laughs> it was. What the heck is that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Talking Heads, episode 132. Make sure to watch every single Wednesday night. Make sure to like this video if you liked what you saw. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. And as always, we'll see you next week. See you guys. Cheers, all. <laughs>